0: Hey everyone, this is Talk Bookie to me. This is a podcast about books and book-related things. Uh, I am one host, Aaron. I'm Felicia. And this is a end of the year wrap up episode. So this is a bonus episode that is a little bit different from our usual stuff. Um, if you're familiar with the podcast, or if you're not, um, you know or now know that we typically record three episodes a month um one at the beginning one in the middle one at the end to catch up on our reading journey throughout the year um now that the year is pretty much over uh we are going to record an episode in which we run down some awards and some superlatives for the year maybe debate a book of the year to an extent um and then set some goals for reading in 2024 sound good yes okay all right um. So we're gonna get started. Uh. With some. Uh. I guess.
1: Well, the battle of the books, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll do like a book of the year type thing. So what we've done for this is we have selected individually our favorite book from each month. Um. And then we are going to share those. We don't know what they are. Um. Individually yet. Uh, I don't
1: and, know what mine are either. I yeah. I don't I'm know mine either. <laughs>
0: If we're recording very late, by the way, so we're going to try to get some energy up, but we're also very tired and a little out of practice. But um, So, yeah, we're going to share our favorite book from each month and then have a little bit of a debate slash discussion type thing to figure out what our collective best book of the year is. Um, and to be clear, um, these are not all books that came out in 2023. Right. These are just the books that we read this year. And also, the kind of best book of the year that we decide on may be something that one of us has not read.
1: I also think we should maybe start at the top with, like, how many books we did read this year. Oh,
0: yeah. We can do that as well. So,
1: I ended up with 107 books of my 150 goal. So, I had 107 to narrow down.
0: Yeah, I think what was that, 30, 36, 37, somewhere around there. Um, I may finish one more by the time the year is yeah, over because we are recording this a little bit early, but it was a, a fairly sparse year of reading for me um, overall. So you're going to be leading the charge with a lot of these. So. Um, all right. Maybe. <laughs> right. So we've got a little bit of overlap, I'm sure. Um, but again, we're just going to kind of go down, read each of our favorites from each month. Maybe just say just a short little bit about each of the ones. Are we
1: going to choose... So for January, after we've both talked about mm-hmm. the ones we've put, we've chosen, mm-hmm. then we choose out of our two the winner.
0: Yes. Yeah. Each I'd, month. Yeah.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure that we... Lay out what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah,
0: I, I guess that is the best way to go about it yeah. is to choose our, like, the best of the collective best yeah. for each month. Essentially, we're trying to uh, choose the top bookie to me book of the year. Yes. That's what we're doing. Um, again, there's only two of us, so that makes it a little bit awkward uh, to kind of nah. debate it, but we'll see how things go. Okay. Uh, this will make sense once we kind of dig into it. So. Uh, what was your favorite book that you read in January?
1: Uh, Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Okay. Um, it is a cozy fantasy. Um, I've talked about it a few times on the podcast. It's about a uh, what is, is she a barbarian? orc.
0: You keep asking me, and Gosh. I've, I've only I so I read she the is beta in version. A
1: warring like 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 party. Basically, they yeah. go and they do missions and they. They do adventures. She is an adventurer, but mm-hmm. she's ready to settle down and um she wants to open up a coffee shop in a place where nobody knows what coffee is. Yeah. And it's so cute and I loved it so much. And I finished it I think in a day. I really, really, really loved Legends and Latte. Yeah.
0: It's a very cozy fantasy book. Mm-hmm. I think it actually I don't want to say it coined the cozy fantasy kind of genre. It really brought it to light. I think it mainstreamed it for sure. And if you're not familiar with it, there's also Bookshops and Bone Dust, which is the prequel um, book as well, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was making sure. Okay. It's not on there. (laughs) My favorite book for January was uh, All Systems Red by Martha Wells. (laughs) Um, This is the first book in the Murderbot Diaries. Um, This is a sci-fi series that I've talked about on the podcast before. It's the story of a murder bot that was designed essentially to murder or to kill, Um, and it has been hired as a security for this ship, uh, this kind of crew, but along the way it finds a way to override its governance module, which allows it to kind of make some decisions on its own, because it's an AI, Um, and it starts to use that freedom to watch like a bunch of crappy daytime television, and just kind of... Starts to ponder on what the meaning of its life is and things like that. It's a very short book, incredibly quick read. There's some really good sci fi action in it, but there's also a lot of humor. And there's like little snippets of like philosophical, like what's the meaning of life? What does life really mean if you're part organic and part synthetic? And yeah, there's a lot of that's cool kind of funny like too
1: because like mine. Mine kind of talked about like the what the what the meaning of life is too for this specific mm-hmm. character because she's gone her entire life knowing one thing. Yeah, yeah. And now she's like turning it on its head mm-hmm. and doing something completely out of the ordinary. Right. With that being said, though, I do love the premise of the Murderbot stuff. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I, she has not read Murderbot. I have read uh, some of Legends and Lattes. Lattes. I got like an early kind of snippets of it that were being published online before full publication. So this is a little bit of a a difficult one. I'll be honest. I I think that I would probably lean Legends and Lattes as our collective pick. Only because from what I've read of it, I really super enjoyed it. I love the idea of cozy fantasy breaking out into the mainstream a little bit more. So I would be willing to say right. that I cool. think that should be the one. So, so Legends
1: and Lattes is our January pick. Yeah, so awesome. the,
0: the official uh, talk bookie-to-me of uh, book for January is Legends and Lattes. Yay! All right,
1: let's
0: move on to February. Um, right. you want me to go or you want to go? <laughs>
1: you
0: go. So my February pick is Build Your House Around My Body uh, by Violet Coopersmith.
1: You love
0: that book. Yeah, I've talked about this book a few times on the podcast as well. Um, It is a sort of literary horror novel um, that is set in Vietnam. It is sort of a fable that covers some of the history of Vietnam, the history of uh, colonization in Vietnam, uh, through this story of ghosts and body horror and um, just weird magical realism and like straight-up just... Monstrous. Like,
1: yeah, moments. it was. It was one that we, um, one that I gave you for like our like a folklore retelling. Yeah. And yeah. so when you were telling me about it, it sounded so good.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, it's a little bit of a slow burn at times, but it is. Because it's a,
1: a very tangled web.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of characters. It jumps around in the timeline. All of the characters slowly start to come together near the end, and you start to see the connections between them. It's one of those types of books. And it just culminates in this great message about the impact of colonialism and how that creates generational trauma and how the history of a physical space can damage people. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's some images in that book that I cannot get out of my head probably forever um, because they were terrifying and kind of like surreal, and some of them were kind of beautiful. And yeah, that. And
1: this this theme of build your house around my body has come up two more times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this year mm-hmm. with She's a Haunting mm-hmm. and a Furu. Was it a Furu? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I think if you're talking about colonization, Uh, it's kind of hard not to talk about the way that physical spaces are Mm -hmm. used to, like, subjugate human bodies, so.
1: So, my February pick is one that we actually read in tandem. mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. Oh, yeah. It is also my fourth time, probably my fourth time reading it. Yeah. Um... February was slow, it started to taper, so... Right, right. There wasn't as many options. Right. But I really like City of Bones. I think the world building is cool. Um, I do think that kind of learning about her history unfolds in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. It is not my favorite book of the series. Okay. Also, I'm not even going to argue for it. Okay. Because... I feel like I read that book with you. Yeah. The 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 build your house around my body. Right. I, without needing to read it,
0: I talked about every element. And of it.
1: I <laughs> think that that should win. Okay. Because I mean, Cassandra Clare, like the City of Bones, is there's a it's a a world where uh, demons exist, vampires exist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a group called Shadow Hunters where they go and and kind of maintain order. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool series, but it is not a super strong first book because I hate the ending of the first book. Yeah,
0: yeah, that ending really knocked like an entire star rating yeah. off of that. Probably, um, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I, I awesome. think, and and I've read both of them. And again, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit objective, which is impossible whenever you're talking about art. But right, um, I I do think that Build Your House Around it My is body. Also is also a stronger, worth
1: book. more like as as good of um, as good as City of Bones is, mm-hmm. there's more weight to build your house around my body.
0: I agree. I definitely And also agree. I
1: have a semi biased opinion because I bought it for you knowing that you would like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I just right. didn't know that you would like it that much. Yeah, yeah. It completely
0: <laughs> blindsided me how much I Adore that book. I, I want to read it again. Um, it's just such an undertaking that right. I'm a little worried about, like the mental headspace it would put me in <laughs> right. it's a very heavy book. Oh yeah. And,
1: when you were reading it, you're like, "This is." Yeah. You had to put it down a few times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of pretty horrific body horror yeah. scenes, which I don't handle body horror well at all in film or television. And apparently, like I don't. Like one
1: of your favorite genres I love to it. read. Well,
0: because I think okay, I don't want to go on a tangent on this, but I think that body horror is the mo- one of the most interesting because whenever body horror is all about changes to your body, mm-hmm. grotesque changes. Mm-hmm. If you've ever dealt with self-image mm-hmm. or just the way you view, view yourself or the way you view your body or feel about your body, it's the perfect metaphor for those right. experiences. Um, that's why uh, something like Lovecraft Country, my favorite episode of that HBO show, is the body horror episode right. where the woman is able to like basically shed her body and turn into uh, this... This, and that's
1: also really why you like that scene from City of Bones, the yeah. the movie oh the Mortal my gosh. Instruments movie. That was the best scene yeah. in
0: that whole movie. I love that so much. But there's just so much you can do with that thing with that yeah. thematically. But it is it genuinely and it turns my resonates. stomach. It resonates. It yeah. resonates, but it, it turns my stomach hard and it it weighs so heavy in this book because these people's literal bodies were being used because Mm -hmm. they were being colonized and so these ghosts are inhabiting their bodies and using their bodies it's again there's layers and layers i could probably i could probably do like a whole hour of just like analyzing this book but i agree i think this should be the one
1: you did win that one
0: all right, so February, uh, Talk Book You To Me, official book for February is Build Your House Around My Body by Violet Coopersmith. All right, mm-hmm. what do you have for March? Uh,
1: for March, I have Meet Me in the Margins by Melissa Ferguson.
0: Mm, nice.
1: So that was a book that we, um, so in February we decided to read mm-hmm. the same book. Yes. Um, keep in mind, <laughs> I had two books in March, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Um, but I still would have chosen this one because we chose to read this one together as our, like, like romance read. Mm-hmm. And it read a lot like Book Lovers, which we both really liked. Yep. Um, it's about a editor at a, like, kind of small publication it's like place. A lit- it's like a literary publication. And they only accept literary work.
0: You're right. They don't like genre Nonfiction.
1: Fiction, right. They do nonfiction and literary fiction, and that's it. Yeah, they don't do any genre um, fiction. But the main character is a. Um, is she a public? no? She's a publicist, not an yeah. editor. Uh, yeah. The main character is a publicist, but she's writing a romance novel. She's like an agent, right? You're, you're yeah, right. She's an agent. You're right. right. Thank you. Gosh, we've I was read, like, what we've is read it like, that she does exactly? I think
0: we've read three or four books and together. Then I
1: also read, yeah, um, Beatrice
0: that are all about book romances. So yeah. yeah, so she's an editor, yes. or no, she's a. a
1: an agent. An agent. Yes. All right, go ahead. A representative. So, yes, yes. Um but there it's 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 a really cute like uh, like a meet cute situation. It is. It's um, a good book. and then yeah. there's also a moment where it's like a misunderstanding which mm-hmm. is really cute and funny. Um I really liked it. It wasn't the best book, of the year, by any means. Yeah. Because, like, it was just good.
0: I liked it a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah I think I I think I ended up with, like, a four.
0: I think so, too. I might, well, I might have give it a three. It was a three-five
1: for me, and I rounded up.
0: I had a couple of issues with it that, like, some of the dialogue got a little grading is, at times and stuff. Yeah, and, and it stuff,
1: so. is. And there are certain, like, okay, so, I don't think this is a big spoiler, but her sister is engaged to her ex-boyfriend.
0: Right, yeah. They, and then they, they, they all the
1: live together. Like, that part made me so mad.
0: It's weird. It's a weird family dynamic. I hated it. Yeah, and her si- her sister's such a jerk in that yeah. book, too. She's just so awful. She
1: redeems at the end, sort of. Barely,
0: yeah. Yeah, and like her the-
1: parents redeem at the And everybody's like, oh, no, you have to go along with it because we're the... And then it's insert like the, rich family here. But it's
0: like the last 30 pages you're supposed to forgive this family that has just yeah. been like traumatizing this main character so the like whole time. Up,
1: like, without the family dynamic, it would have been like a 4-5. Okay. But well, with that family dynamic, it really dropped it down because I yeah. just disliked her family so much. Yeah,
0: they were the worst.
1: But yeah, that's my pick.
0: Uh, I finished that book in April, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my March book was actually The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave I barely oh, read anything in March This was a
1: mystery book um, right? This was, the month, mystery this
0: was the month whenever I was on the road a lot so I was listening to a lot of audiobooks. Um this book is good
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think
0: I've mentioned it a couple times so the premise of this book um, is that there is a man and his daughter yes. and he got remarried and all of a sudden, the man goes missing, and he leaves a, a duffel bag full of cash and like a short note in his daughter's locker at when school. I this, you
1: really liked this one. A lot. I
0: do. I like the mystery of it, but boy, I had a lot of issues with it as well. <laughs> but the the concept is that the stepmom and the daughter, uh, stepdaughter, have to go on this like journey this mystery kind of investigative journey to try to find the husband and figure out what he did because he's, like, wrapped up in some sort of uh, big corporate scheme or scandal. Again, good book, really good, just kind of, like, sort of let it wash over you. Um, It felt like it got sort of preachy at times with the message of, like, oh, we're family even though we're not blood family, and it's like... trust your audience enough to read between the lines and get right. that message you like, don't have to spell have it out be... yeah and there were multiple scenes that felt like it spelled that out um there were some other issues too some of the dialogue wasn't super great some of the uh, plot twists were very predictable um multiple things like that bothered me march
1: was a rough year for us
0: <laughs> it was uh, a rough month yeah, yeah. A month. yeah i i would march actually like a year i would go and meet me in the margins um again this is one of those where i've read both right i would go with that even though i i would i would actually recommend if you're in the mood for just a fairly simple like story mystery, mystery story i I think that this one's fine a little bit of thriller elements nothing major but of the like three or four thrillers that i listened to on audiobook that month this one is by far right. the best you listened of them to
1: not good ones that oh my
0: month. gosh there are so many bad ones um uh, all right, so the official Talk Bookie to Me, uh, meet me in the margins. book for month uh, book for the month of March is Meet Me in the Margins. Uh, all right, April. Uh, I have Meet Me in the Margins for <laughs> April, so whatever you have. Oh, did we say it's by Melissa Ferguson, yeah, by the way? I okay. think I did initially, right. but uh, then, yeah. So whatever book you chose is going to win, but why don't you tell us something? So I
1: uh, I chose Cinder by Marissa Meyer. Oh, yeah. It I forgot you read this. It is a Cinderella retelling set in a futuristic steampunky situation oh
0: it's a solid 2 five
1: it was pretty good I'm just joking. it was Go a, <laughs> it was I think I gave it a four no it, it, I remember this it it finished good. good for me I also listened to this one on an audio even mm-hmm. though I own it yeah um because I don't know <laughs> oh because yeah. I think it was like a little slow at work so I started listening to audiobooks you know while I was at the other store yeah um so her name is cinder like Cinderella, so I mean that seems pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. It is a really interesting take on the story. There's a lot of political um issues there's a lot of class issues mm-hmm. she's part cyborg, so there's issues with like whether she's human enough or mm-hmm. whether she's worthy enough to be human enough right um i I actually Thinking back on it now, I like it a lot more than I did whenever I was listening to it. Right. Um, and I think I should have actually read it instead of listened to it. It's which always is kind time of a, to do that, too. Which is kind of a funny thing. It is part of like a five-book series, so clearly oh she's doing something right. Oh,
0: okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> is it following the same characters? Yeah. Or is each one a different retelling? No,
1: so it follows Cinder and the world. So it's called the Lunar Chronicles. Okay. Um, and the people on the moon mm-hmm. are supposed to be the superior species. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's a really... It's very interesting, but okay. it is very... Uh, it's a very sci- YA sci-fi element to okay. it, which took a lot for me to really dig into. Because mm-hmm. she's also a tinkerer, which is kind of cool. Okay. Um. And... It Yeah, it's a, I think it's good.
0: Okay. Uh, it sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds like a good book. And by default, obviously, that's going to be our book. So the official Talk Bookie to Me uh, book for, was it April? April is it's, Cinder
1: by Marissa Meyer.
0: Awesome. Uh, this is where I started to hit a hard reading slump. Same. Um, I was reading multiple books at this time, but I was not finishing books. Oh. So I didn't finish a single book in May. Me neither. Okay. So... <laughs> The official book for Talk Bookie to me for May is, is none. <laughs> is N slash A for not applicable. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, we yeah. both we both hit a, a little slump in the middle of the year. It yeah. was also a pretty difficult time for us, just kind of personally. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I think that that's perfectly, perfectly it is, fair.
1: It is very fine. To just not read sometimes.
0: I honestly, I think I got to get better about that because I beat myself up if I'm sitting down playing a video game or watching a show for more than an hour, and I'm like, oh, I could have read like you know thirty pages Mm -hmm. or something. But all right, uh, let's move on to June because we got we got a whole half a year (laughs) to get through here. Um, So, what was your June uh, best book for June?
1: June pick is Happy Place by Emily Henry. Yikes! Oh man. Do you have that song? No, here? it's.
0: It, well, it is. Well, no. Okay. No, good. actually. All right. All right. I'm just. This is just going to be a little bit of a.
1: It's struggle to debate.
0: A little. It'll be fine. Okay. Because I don't like, know what you read into. Uh,
1: but, yeah. um, so mine is Happy Place by Emily Henry. It came out in April this year. Um, so I have found that the best way to get out of a reading slump is to read an Emily Henry novel somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, except this one, I don't know that I knew it was going to be this sad. So the premise is a couple who's not actually a couple anymore has to fake be engaged because their friends don't know that they broke up. Yeah. And so it's, it, it goes between past and present. And in the present, you know that they're not together. So you see these beautiful moments of them falling in love in the past. Yeah. And you as the reader have to reconcile with the fact that they're not together. Right. Like you you see this like amazing love story unfold in the past through through like time jump pages mm-hmm. and then you come back to the present and you're like, Oh, well they're well he's sleeping on the floor and she's sleeping in the bed.
0: Yeah. It's very sad. I, I think the strongest element of that book for me, and we've talked about this, I think, on the podcast as well, <laughs> uh, was the more, like, uh, platonic love element. Right. Because this one, unlike the other Emily Henry books, is very much about friendship. And it's about the love between friends and the love between family members. Well, and
1: I think, no, because book lovers, she does that, too. A with little. With her sister.
0: A little. But this entire book is a yeah. group of friends trying to connect and figure out their new dynamic as right. adults. And, like career people and stuff so and uh, I love that element.
1: Sabrina and well, Patel I don't know I
0: don't remember any I don't names. like them I don't remember any names from the entire thing
1: but well, I love
0: I remember I remember Sabrina yeah it, I was not a fan of her by the end of the book yeah, for sure she's selfish yeah yeah it and I don't feel like they made it seem like she was learning either no but, I don't know but but it,
1: her other two M no see I don't remember I don't remember the names. her other two friends are really great
0: yeah it's a great book um, I really loved I, that book. I really like that one as well I would I would heavily recommend it um, my book actually this probably won't be that much of an argument the more I think about it my book for June uh, was Hungry Ghosts by Kevin Jared Hossein oh, yeah. that's the one that I read and reviewed for the university magazine that I work for um, I listened to part of this on audio and read some of it physically as well. Um, Again, very good book, very heavy. I was not in the headspace to be working with it at the time, um, especially
1: like having to do a workup on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I was like having to work on actively work on writing a review for this mm-hmm. thing, and it was
1: and it was due.
0: It was very time consuming, and it was um, yeah. But it, it's a it's a very good book. Um, the kind of sort of like build your house around my body. It's hard to give a wow. general idea of the book. Mm-hmm. The basic concept is that um, they are also in a colonized area. It follows a group of family members, or, uh, or two families. One of the uh, kind of husband figures in the white family goes missing. Um, so the servant family, who is a, a, a not enslaved black man, but a black man that is in kind of servitude, essentially, steps in. Uh, the wife the, of the white family kind of brings him in, lets him start serving the family and working with the family, um, and it starts to ask, push up against these boundaries of racism and classism and questions of like who deserves what and who can uh, fill certain roles and what's fair and what's not fair. There's also some kind of magical elements to it, uh, but it all goes back to this concept of, the ghosts of the past, again, on this colonized land are hungry. They must be fed in some way uh, because they were left wanting and they were unsatisfied and unfairly killed and yeah. unfairly treated. Uh, so those ghosts continue to haunt the current-day families. And again, it's a, a very heavy theme for the ways in which uh, past racism and past like laws and policies and things affect current-day life, so...
1: You That's definitely a had a theme this year,
0: yeah. Which I usually do. It's right in line with my university studies. So, yeah. uh, give it to Happy Place for sure. So, um,
1: do you think that you would feel differently about that book if you reread it?
0: I don't think so, because oh. I still think that there were some confusing plot moves that didn't make much sense. There were some character motivations that were a little bit difficult overall I think it's a great book I do recommend it for anybody that likes literary fiction in that area again obviously it's one of my favorites of the year um, but I didn't I didn't read a whole lot in uh, June either so and I loved happy place so yeah
1: July really picks up for me
0: okay well talk bookie to me's official book for June is happy Place by Emily Henry I'm just gonna announce it every time I
1: okay know. I like that we
0: we'll just have to make it official. Alright, uh, oh, My July is pretty good, too, okay. so what do you got? So, My
1: July is No Gods, No Monsters, Caldwell Turnbull.
0: Oh, boy, this is, this might, in my mind, this might be your favorite book of the year. I think it's in contention for we'll it, see. so, okay, so tell us about so this So, this... this
1: book is about the fact that, um, okay, so it definitely parallels current events. Right, another metaphorical and book. it is, so... Monsters in this book are real, mm-hmm. but it is a metaphor for people out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Anybody who does not fit with conventional society. Yep. Um, and so there is a protest where um, a monster reveals itself, itself to be a monster. A mm-hmm. regular person is now a monster. Right. And this is the reaction to the, the, that the world has. So there are literal riots, there are protests, there are police brutality and killings, there are innocents being killed just because people believe that they're monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this in a day and a half.
0: <laughs> and it's not a light book. No. Like, it's fairly thick, um, yeah, but it's it, also it, heavy content Absolutely. Wise. Yeah.
1: Um, and it sat with me for so long. Yeah. Because... I mean, it was just one of those things that we got on a whim. Mm-hmm. We got it for me. We went we went to Barnes Noble, we did like a little um challenge. Yeah. And you picked it up and we sat down at the cat at the, the cafe. We, and do we like started a, drinking coffee and
0: reading. Yeah. We do like a buying challenge sometimes where we'll pick like a theme or a prompt and we'll give it we'll like, buy each other a book based off of that prompt. Yeah, now Just that we clarify. don't
1: have a book-buying ban, I'd like to do that again.
0: Right, that'd be a good idea. But,
1: <laughs> but I, it's, I I love this book.
0: Yeah, I know this one hit you hard this yep. year.
1: And but... I immediately turned around and I pre-ordered yeah, the, the, the second sequel. book, which yeah. came in this year that I didn't read yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were very, very into it. Yep. I remember that was, like, the book that you were talking about any free moment that you had yep. for probably a couple weeks. And so. I
1: think anytime something, like real Mm -hmm. or something I needed to share. I think I shared a lot. Yeah. 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 I really, I really liked this book.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: What's it going against?
0: My July book was to be taught a fortunate by Becky chambers. Oh no,
1: (laughs) I did not like that book. There's a part in it. it. (laughs) No. Okay. So (laughs) you telling me about it, I liked it overall, but there's a part in it where I will not read it Yeah, because of that part. And I don't want to ruin it because I think it's important.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. But, uh, um, so, the t- <laughs> Becky Chambers is one of my favorite authors ever, if not my favorite. She's in my top three for sure. Um, she wrote the Wayfarer series. She writes a lot of like kind of low stakes, sort of cozy sci-fi stuff. Um, to be Taught If fortunate is a novella that mm-hmm. she wrote, um, and this is the story. Of a woman that is on a survey crew um, that is essentially leaving Earth to try to find other viable planets that they could potentially live on. Um, They send these crews out with the knowledge that there's a decent chance that they will not be coming back, um, but they want to transmit their findings back to Earth. Um, This novella follows the crew as they go to, I think it's three or four planets that they're checking. I think it was four. I think it was four. Um, And each planet that they go to, they have these kind of small contained adventures that impact the crew in some way. Um, And the kind of overall theme of the book is how much is Discovery worth it? Mm -hmm. Like how much should we invest in Discovery? How much should we invest in Exploration? Uh, how much time should we invest in attempting to understand life in the universe? Yep. And if that's something that is crucial and important for humankind, um, which is a question that I think is just so crucial. I think it's incredibly important. Um, this is a very quick read for me. Mm-hmm. There was the one scene in particular that was incredibly heartbreaking that just.
1: I think you read it at my house. I did. I
0: read. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I read it and immediately was like, "Oh, this is awful." I read it to you. Your face just dropped. And I cried. Yes, it yeah. was. It it is a heartbreaking yeah. part. That is the only part that is. No, that I think is sad. I think
1: it. I think that part is initially sad. Yeah, and then you're left with that feeling with the yeah. crew too.
0: Right. Yeah. because so it, it it's impacts like, the crew, it's heavily, like trying
1: yeah. to resolve their own right. trauma and sadness. Right, yeah. But I do think that it's a very interesting story because she does a lot more low-stakes sci-fi, mm-hmm. and this is a higher stake.
0: A little bit.
1: It's not higher, higher. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it is
1: higher. Like, that scene in particular, but yeah. also they're, that when they're on that, um, they do go to a water planet, mm-hmm. and that just seems like any minute they're gonna lose their minds. Yeah, yeah. And it does do a lot of like like deep dive into the psyche. Right.
0: Yeah. Every planet is very different. The the creatures there are very the alien life forms are very different. I think that Becky Chambers did a great job not making like humanoid planets Mm -hmm. that are recognizable, which is what I hate when sci-fi does that. Whenever it's it's like easy, it's like oh, it's like well, this is basically just Earth, just a little bit different. It's like no, these planets are wildly different, and the life is wildly different. So, um,
1: but I think I think that applies too, though to just being on Earth, right? Like it's important to understand that. Uh, Just because something's different doesn't mean you Mm -hmm. don't respect that space.
0: For sure, yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) I think knowing what I know about No Gods, No Monsters... Uh I think it has to go to that. It
1: is probably one of the most literary books I've read this year,
0: and I think it's it, it, again. I, I would not be surprised if that ended up being just your favorite of the year.
1: I guess we'll find out soon. That's just we don't have a very many I, months. Left. I think
0: that's that. That's one of the hardest ones for me to let go of, though, right. because that's such a. I cannot recommend Becky Chambers enough. Yeah, and, I
1: mean, I loved it. And if, she was my yeah, most read author this year. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you, I, I still say the long way to a small angry planet is the best way to get into her work. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a standalone that's short, just to see if you like her writing style, yeah, um, and her like authorial voice and the stuff she's interested in. Um, also, I should say she was raised by scientists as well. So there's a Decent amount of like actual science in mm-hmm. these more so and to be taught a fortunate than any of the others. Absolutely, um, it did
1: feel more sciency. It definitely felt the, more sci-fi. The
0: conclusion was the conclusion was like you need to know about chemistry and biology. Mm-hmm. It's like it felt like a couple pages of a chemistry list. like
1: that, like it felt more like traditional sci-fi. Yeah. Whereas her other stuff almost falls into that cozy, yeah, almost fantasy feel.
0: A little bit, yeah. Just because it's
1: like. So cold, you know, like yeah. it's like I don't
0: know. No, I get it. So, uh, talk bookie to me's official book of what is that? July, July. is No no, Gods, Gods, no, Monsters. no Monsters,
1: Caldwell Turnbull. Okay,
0: all right. Uh, now we're on to August. Mm-hmm. Uh, August,
1: <laughs> I think it's the same thing.
0: I don't think so because you I don't, don't think don't, did
1: you not go with what we were going to talk about? I
0: don't think you finished it in August. What we had a whole conversation about this, didn't we? Red Rising, I
1: finished it on the 31st.
0: Oh, did you really? I did. Okay, so we both chose Red Rising, yeah, I'm assuming. Red Rising is my Pier-
1: favorite book of August. Yeah,
0: by Pierce Brown. And yep. we've I think we've talked this book to At death lengths. on the podcast, so we don't need to go too no. deep into it. All we'll say is that it's a it's an uprising. Yeah. It's a dystopian novel yeah. about an uprising. Think hunger games in Absolutely. space. Uh with And a
1: little more hardcore and heavy yeah, metal.
0: Yeah, yeah. But incredible pacing. That's always the thing to say about Pierce Brown is his books read so fast. But, yeah. Alright, well Talk Bookie Toomey's official oh, yeah. book of August is Red Rising by that Pierce was Brown. Easy. <laughs> um now we're on to uh September. What do you have for September? I have Beech Read
1: by Emily Henry. Oh nice. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of talked about this one at length, too. Um,
0: I haven't read this one. No, I but say, you should. It's one of the only... Well, not one of the only She book. has one other one. Yeah.
1: So yeah. there's two out of four. <laughs> so you've read I've half. Read, I've read half of her yeah. books, yeah. And she has another one coming out in April. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a grumpy sunshine trope mm-hmm. about two authors who switch voices in their writing because of personal circumstances.
0: Don't they switch whole genres as well? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because of personal circumstances. I think I've recently talked about this. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm gonna go into too much detail, but I really enjoyed it. I read it at the beach over my birthday weekend. Like the setting couldn't be more perfect. Right. Yeah. So I partially maybe that's why I chose it. Mm-hmm. But it is a very good book. Yeah. I love her writing. Like I I feel like I feel like her writing, because I don't, I don't remember what I was reading before Mm -hmm. I was reading Beach Read, but I do remember stopping what I was doing to take Beach Read with me. To finish Beach Read. And then I stayed up even after you went to sleep to finish it. <laughs> her,
0: her writing is so easy.
1: Like
0: cozy. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's it, like a... It's smooth. flowy. Yeah, there's like no friction to right. it. Um, which, you know, for better or worse... Like a know, bedtime story. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so my book for September is The Guest Cat.
1: Oh, yeah! Uh, by
0: Takashi Hareide, uh Translated by Eric
1: Selland. Yeah, That one was... You were telling me about that? That was so weird.
0: Yeah. It's but great. it
1: was like cute. It so, was weird.
0: So the author is a is a Japanese poet. Um, and I, I'm not sure if this is his first novel. I think it I think is. It was. Um it's a very short novel. It's a story about a husband and wife that move into this guest house in a Japanese suburb, um, and there is this cat that is technically a owned technically kind of a stray cat but owned by um, a local family around the corner uh, that starts to visit them pretty consistently at the guest house um, and they become super enamored with this cat They're just so attached to it they they can't believe how much they enjoy having this cat around um, it's a it's sad it goes in some sad directions um, but I think it's a very thoughtful kind of roundabout, meditation on uh growing up about well, I mean, uh finding it sounded
1: like it was like just taking the time
0: yeah it's kind of like finding some sort of purpose in life
1: mm-hmm.
0: um enjoying kind of the small joys that rolling with the punches because the uh a lot of stuff happens while they're in this guest house like you know the the owners of the house one of them gets sick, and then, like, you know, it's kind of like, what do you do if you have to move unexpectedly? And how do you do that if you're not bringing in enough money? And where do you mm-hmm. go? And, like, what do you do if you get attached to the place and the people you're around? Because they really get attached to this cat. And they're like, well, we don't want to have to leave the cat. And it's it's a lot of, like, it sounds small, and it sounds, like, simple, but there's a lot of stuff to dig into if you want to. If you don't want to, then it is just a simple day-to-day, sort of like here's what happened, here's a little bit about this family, here's when this cat visited, it did this funny kind of odd thing, mm-hmm. and then it keeps moving. So it's a very good one. I don't think I could put that up against an Emily Henry book, <laughs> to be sorry. honest. It's fine. You read so much good stuff this year. I
1: did. Um, so Ugh, I really the did. official
0: Talk Bookie To Me book for September is Beach Read. Yeah, yeah, except Beach I Reed wrote by... Beach Read, okay. which is kind of funny. Beach Read by Emily Henry. <laughs> All right, uh, October. My book for October is She is a Haunting uh, by Trong Than Tran? Tr- Trong. Trong.
1: Trong Than Tran.
0: Yeah, got it. Uh, this is the book that if you listen to our Y'all Fest episode, I yeah. got this signed by the author. Uh, I was... Uh, Really taken by this book. Uh, after reading "Build Your House Around My Body," I wanted to read another Vietnamese horror st- story. This one was a YA horror story. I decided to make it my October book. Um, it's incredible. Uh, I've talked about it at length. Uh, it's essentially the story of a uh, young Vietnamese American girl that agrees to go to Vietnam to help her father build a website for a french colonial home that he is renovating into an airbnb and she's supposed to go there to help build the website so that people can book the airbnb and she's supposed to help decorate and kind of renovate the rooms and take the pictures and all that um and she finds that it's haunted the house is haunted um and then she starts digging into the history of the house. Uh, and it sort of unravels from there. Again, it's a common thread for me, but themes of colonialism and place and the way that colonization affects mm-hmm. the land and what uh, oppressed people go through. a approach because yeah. it's
1: for a YA audience.
0: For sure. Yeah. Uh, again, oddly enough, some body horror
1: yeah.
0: um, and some... Uh, I mean, like,
1: it's a haunting, right, literally.
0: <laughs> right, um, And, you know, it had its issues. Uh, it drug a little bit in the middle uh, there was a, a couple of kind of stumbles there with some of the, the plot twists weren't super great. Right. Um, but again, I think it's a great, great horror novel. It's definitely one of the best books I've read this year. Um, I think about it pretty often. Um, and it's just one of the best covers. It's and a good cover. Best interior, too. The red yeah, page with, like, the I house like on it. It's great, yeah. So
1: creepy. Um, <laughs> My October book is Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex Harrow. So this is about a girl named January who discovers that walking th- like she discovers doors. So mm-hmm. doors show up for people um who need them. Right. And so she discovers these parallel worlds where she escapes through these doors and she discovers who her family is through these doors. Um she discovers like what her her Parents are like. She discovers so much about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to convince her that she's crazy and that these doors don't exist. She is a lot of like found family too, like literally finds her family and also makes family along the way. I read this and I loved it. I didn't think that I would like it this much. I knew I would enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I did not think that I would devour it. And I did. Like, I. As I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is cool. Or, oh, this is a really neat thing. Because the way that the world is built, it's it's descriptive enough for you to envision it, but not overly so. Right. And then whenever you're, whenever she's being taken away, you feel like somebody you personally know is ta- being taken away. Mm-hmm. And then whenever they're trying to convince her that these doors aren't real, you're like, wait, like we just now read that they're real how is it they can convince us that they're not already? Cause right. like it, it was so convincing. I love, I love this book. So I don't, <laughs> so I know how much you liked that book. Uh huh. And I, I did enjoy that book listening to you talk about it. All
0: right. Where?
1: I'm going to put up some fisticuffs for oh, 10,000 man. doors of January. This
0: is unfortunate because <laughs> this is one of the only ones that I would like to fight for as well. Um, <laughs> This is where it gets difficult, there only being two of us. Yeah. Because there's not, like, a tiebreaker, necessarily. Uh, I feel like...
1: I do think Mm -hmm. that there is more... general substance to She is a Haunting.
0: General substance. Like,
1: I think that more people will relate to it. I think that Mm -hmm. it has more of an impact. Mm-hmm. I do think that the message is better. Okay. Um so I actually might give it to you <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I and I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to say it feels weird winning a debate like this so easily, but <laughs> I I will say just just to just to make my case for the book just a little just a touch more. So it, it could have pretty easily just been like your classic haunted house story. But there is...
1: It felt more. Yeah,
0: because there is an element, and I'm not really spoiling anything. I'm going to keep it as vague as I can. There's an element of sort of like fake haunting Mm -hmm. that goes on that makes it even more interesting. Right. Because it's kind of like a Boy Who Cried Wolf kind of situation. But then there's sort of like... The metaphorical impact on the family, because there's some twists on like who is being haunted and who is not, Um, and there's also some of my favorite characters, which are the white professors that are there studying the home and everything. That's one of my favorite things because
1: she's like a (laughs) she's a white professor who. Uh, folk, whose focus was on the colonization. Yeah,
0: it's like post-colonial. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> it was the funniest thing because that's literally what you did.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what I studied. <laughs> but it's also like... But when
1: you're reading it, you're like, ugh, how yeah. dare they know more than the the people who are born well, there?
0: How dare they act like they yeah. do? That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> the because, funniest thing. Because I think there is this... Fi- that, that part stuck out to me because yeah. there is this fine line between like... I want to help and I want to right. learn about this place versus, like, they go in there and they're, like, attempting to, like, teach this mm-hmm. family about this home and there's this whole element of, like, the main character is, like, well, how do you know this right. history? Like, you only have one version of this history because you listen the to... white people's yeah, version you, of it. Yeah, you listen to the dominant version. Yeah. Of course the, they're the ones who wrote the history, you know? Because
1: the, the history of it is is from the... The history in the in the paperwork is mm-hmm. from the owners of the home,
0: which was a French a, yeah. family that colonized the land, right. And had the home built. And there were a lot of like Vietnamese servants in the yep. home, um, and like one of the women that got married to, uh, into the family was a Vietnamese woman, mm-hmm. and the way that she was treated within this white family. Even was, being
1: a part of the family, yeah, being part yeah. of the
0: family, but still being on the outskirts of it because of her race. This yeah. felt
1: like the themes of "build your house around my body." Yeah, but, but for a general audience,
0: more appro- so much yeah. more approachable. So
1: that's why yeah. I think, yeah, I think that I think you're right.
0: Yeah, you sure? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I guess we'll go with this one. I, it's I struggle because I know you talked about yeah. uh, Ten Thousand Doors so much. Yeah. And I know that was such an impactful book for you. So. I
1: think that if you were to read it, you would really like it.
0: I believe so too. From everything that you told me, and from what I remember, which is surprisingly not very much because my memory's bad, but like I, it, it did. It one hundred percent sounded like something mm-hmm. I would be into. So because it.
1: it... Okay, so The Wayward Children. hmm Yeah. So so your book is a juvenile version exactly of, what I of Build Your House Around My Body. Yeah. My book is an adult version of a book that you read. The
0: Wayward Children. Every
1: door or Every Heart of Doorway.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seanan McGuire. Yep. Yep.
1: So I think it's really interesting that, That's like, a
0: perfect... we're
1: able to just find, like, here's the Stepping Stone books.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. But... Yep. All Which right.
1: I think we should do in an episode sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah.
0: We're good with this? Uh, yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. The so, official. The official Talk Bookie To Me book for October is She's a Haunting.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> By okay. Trung Tan Tran. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you. My pronunciations are very bad. <laughs> All right. Um, November. Oh, boy. Shh, you're
1: going to fight me. I'm going to fight you on this Oh,
0: one. gosh. I am, too.
1: Oh, I know what you've read in November. Yeah. I so think much. you win this one.
0: Don't oh, no, say that automatically.
1: Can I guess? Yeah. Joilet Club? No. In November? Oh, it wasn't.
0: I did I did finish that in November, but there was one that I picked over it. You oh. Tell me yours. Oh, mine's
1: Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yarros. Oh
0: yikes. Okay. Alright, go ahead.
1: So Fourth Wing, I okay. <laughs> you want to talk about a book in length. I feel like I've brought this up a bunch of times now. Because yeah. I read Fourth Wing, and then I immediately read Zayden's Point of View, and then I immediately after that read Iron Flame. Um, so Fourth Wing is a Dragon Rider school story uh how a dragon chooses its rider and the mm-hmm. rider has to make it to the dragon ceremony um but violet is not violet wasn't born to be a writer right she was born to be a scribe she was born small seemingly premature um and now she's in the rider's quadrant and she has to fight her way to a dragon mm. and then it takes place after that Mm-hmm. I love this. I loved it. I read it literally in a day. It's like 500 pages. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I loved it.
0: This is the loudest you've ever been about a book.
1: I um, don't think so. Really. I was really loud about Educated.
0: Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it back. Well, I should say, this is the most enthusiastic yeah, you were about a book. It's been... I think you you talked about uh, uh, No Gods, No Monsters for longer. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to have more of a simmering impact. Mm-hmm. This book, it seemed like, was just like a burning passion. It was a sprint. Yeah. Instead of like, yeah. like
1: No Gods, No Monsters was like a marathon.
0: Right, right. And I'm not trying to say it was like a flash in yeah. the pan, because I'm sure that book still sticks with you. I know you still think about those characters. Mm-hmm. But that was just the most enthusiastic. Like, you would read like a chapter and you'd be texting me like, oh my god, this happened. Or you would like call me or something. No, fourth
1: thing I think I read At the House.
0: Did you read the whole thing at the yeah, house? Yeah, I read it
1: in one day. Am
0: I thinking about Iron Flame yes, then? You're about okay, cuz you okay. Cuz that one did right. burn. Yeah. Yeah, but, but still, I mean same world. Yeah, for sure. Okay.
1: Yep.
0: My pick for November is uh The Glass Castle by oh, Jeanette Walls. no. <laughs> <laughs> one of your favorite books that of one all wins. time. You don't yeah. Have,
1: yeah, that one wins.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I I think I talked about this on the podcast already in November's episode. I love that but book. It it, I think it worked its way into my top five of all time. Yeah. Like, that's how much I think about it. Yep. Um, After I finished reading it, it was my I, top five. <laughs> yeah. I I started seeing these, like, familiar emotions and familial feelings in it. Uh, and it's probably a lot of it because it's hitting me at a weird time in my life with my family. But, like, it is uh, if, if you're not familiar, it is a memoir, uh, Jeanette Walls, that is about her growing up in this very dysfunctional family um, in which uh, basically her family lives like...
1: A little backwoodsy.
0: Yeah, sort of, but more like kind of transient lifestyles. I don't know. Like, they're kind of on the road. They're kind of like nomads, sort of. They travel between places a lot. They have very traumatic histories themselves. They're very self-sufficient and independent. Um, They really
1: shouldn't be alive.
0: No, I have no idea how any of them are alive, yeah. especially Jeanette. I have no idea how she's yep. alive, but
1: and it's the sacrifices you make for, for family. family. Yes,
0: yeah. and it, the time that they spent in West Virginia, in particular. Mm-hmm. After reading that section of it, I'm like, okay, I'm like this. This yeah. book is no, something important, wins. and I'm like, this is this feels like a necessary piece of literature. Um, it's going to stick with me forever. I, I got incredibly emotional after mm-hmm. reading it. Um, and I was emotional for multiple days after reading it um yeah. but
1: uh because yeah. even even if you couldn't relate in any way mm-hmm. you can't help it,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: like you really cannot help unless you're just a, a like you if you walk away from that book feeling nothing, yeah, you need to be medicated for something
0: it's it's terrifying it, like yeah. the the stuff that that she goes through I mean, and I'm not trying to spoil a bunch of stuff, but like she's like burned and then like thrown from a moving car at mm-hmm. one point she has to have like a skin graft and her father takes her out of the hospital before she's healed like uh she's like living off of like food dug out of the trash cans at school i mean yeah she's getting like bullied regularly um they they openly handle like chemicals and stuff at, at multiple points in the book there's yeah. I mean there are just these incredibly like, dangerous situations. People
1: don't always want the government to get in, involved in your life. Yeah. The government should have been involved in their lives a long time ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's and, and the fact that she turned out as well as she did and went to school and got the education mm-hmm. she did and got married and settled down and has like a strong career in New York City, yep. like it's unbelievable that she was able to do that. So.
1: Yeah, that wins.
0: Yeah. It's just unfortunate. It's really that,
1: hard to put pit nonfiction right. in general, especially a it memoir, is. but that's such a good memoir.
0: It is. It's it's definitely the best memoir I've ever read. Yep. Educated is very close and educated is really similar I in read a that. lot of ways. I read that at the
1: same time you were reading Glass Castle. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> Educated's so similar.
1: But, but maybe less somehow less trauma.
0: Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean maybe, but it just seems, yeah. You're maybe. less
1: you're less surprised that they're all alive. A little, a little, a little,
0: a little, like five percent. I don't yeah. know, but okay. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, fine. it's so unfortunate that you no, read okay. one of your favorite books. It is whenever totally I finish fine. this, okay. So, uh, talk book you to me's favorite uh, best book of November uh, is The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Mm-hmm. And now we're into December, and we're recording this episode like what five. 4 days before December's over so yep. well yeah you know, 4
1: But I've already read my best book of the month.
0: Okay, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I read it the first part of my month.
0: All right. What's your book?
1: It's going? Iron Flame. Of
0: course it is. <laughs> Here's where you're going to take it, for sure. Yeah. This is where, this Heck is where, yeah, we'll, this is my time we'll to shine. We'll just grandfather in <laughs> fourth wing into this with it. This is where fourth wing gets well, its due. I, re- I
1: also finished the Zayden POV right. this month too. Well, but... this
0: is where all of that gets its due. <laughs> I feel a little bit better here, even though I will fight. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so
1: yeah, Iron Flame is uh, the second book to fourth wing. It picks up, pretty much right where fourth wing left off they're Mm -hmm. going to their second year um of writer school Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of there's a lot of drama and this is where the world kind of opens up yeah um there's some plot twists there's it, it okay so fourth wing made me cry iron flame made me seethe yeah i think that I think Iron Flame took me longer, one, because I knew it was the ending until next December. Mm -hmm. But two, there were so many parts where it made me so mad Mm -hmm. because she's, she's, she's being tested, uh, in quotes, unnecessarily. Yeah. And people, there's an abuse of power and it, it just, it makes me so mad.
0: And you like Fourth Wing more, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah. I like Fourth Wing a lot more. Yeah. But still. But
1: that's kind of my thing. Like with Red Rising, I liked Red Rising a lot more. But Morningstar was good.
0: Golden Sun. Or Golden Sun. Morning Morningstar
1: is the one I'm reading next. Golden Sun is good, but the world opened up and it's a little less contained. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a lot harder to feel deeper emotions for... For sure. Uh a world where it's wide open.
0: I, I 100% understand yeah. that. Um, my December book, uh, I went with a Heartstopper volume four, yeah. by Alice Oseman. I've only read the four volumes of heart, <laughs> heart this month. Well, I've only finished those. Right. I'm, I'm currently reading uh, a couple of books, which I'll, I'll mention in our end of the month wrap up. But, um, yeah, I, I did not read as much as I wanted to in December. Um, I've, Feel like, I'm having a little bit of a hard time getting back into it. Uh, if you're not familiar with Heartstopper, um, from what I understand, it started as like a, a Webtoons comic um, on Tumblr. Was it on Tumblr? Pretty sure. Okay, I think it had the Webtoons oh, stamp. Maybe it, mi- right. it might have been Tumblr first, and yeah, then Web-
1: there.
0: Regardless, it was an online comic that started yeah. out. Um, it is a story um, about two characters named Charlie and Nick. Um, they are high school uh, kids that are basically just trying to get through their lives. Right. Um, Charlie is a gay kid. Nick is develops a crush on Charlie, thinks he's straight until he develops his crush. Um, and then he starts trying to figure out his sexuality as well. Um, it is this, it's kind of equally like this kind of charming, cute romance story and this sort of social commentary story that almost feels like it tries to bite off too much mm-hmm. um, in some of these volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two volumes in particular were very much heavy on like the romance elements. These last few get into more of the social elements, which I think are more important. I think the writing is getting more sophisticated. I think that the the characters are developing further. So I think it's actually getting better as it goes. Um, even though there are, I do have some complaints about it, which I'll get into in the wrap up mm-hmm. for the month, but if I had to choose from the four volumes that I read, volume four is the best because it gets into the most social meatier. commentary, there's more characters yeah, I, I yeah. like it, it's more feels more real, because
1: the first two seemed a little fluffier,
0: they very much were, and then
1: yeah. I know the third one is kind of where the drama started yeah, but and like that was fourth, the fourth one seems like peak drama
0: yeah, the third one felt like it was a little drug a little bit in the middle um i would recommend these they are very much ya um they're again they're comics there's more art than there are words per page i burned through all of these very quickly
1: but two and a half days total yeah
0: i genuinely love them though and the fifth one came out um this This month month, and i'm just like i'm i really want to get it. the 23rd i think i think so yeah i want to pick it up for sure so um, but, yeah, it's absolutely Iron Flame. Yay! So, top bookie to Me's is official. Best book of December is Iron Flame. Um, okay. So,
1: what's our best book of the year?
0: Do we want to say our individual best first and then the best? Okay. What's your... What's no, you your, go first. I would prefer you. No, you go first. Okay. So, here's the thing. <laughs> I've got the guest cat written down. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking <laughs> oh, man, I, I honestly I have Build Your House Around My Body oh, by no. Violet Coopersmith really? written down. And I don't know how to explain this in my head because I just said that glass castle is in my top five right. of all time.
1: But I mean that's a little different. I get it. I
0: don't know how. I can't put I, it into I think words. I
1: kinda get it. Because like that's a super like so the the Glass Castle is like a resonation, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that's like re-readable. You could yeah. recommend it to a bunch of people. It has more relatability. Build Your House Around My Body is very centralized mm-hmm. with a specific audience. A little more.
0: Should that matter for my favorite book of the year? I though? don't know. I don't either. I don't know why, but I, I, yeah. That's what I'm going. It's gonna be with. tough. I think the only reason why I'm going with it here's my There's only good here's sure. my only justification for it. Right? If I'm thinking about like this year, I think this year will be marked by build your house Around in my right. body. I think your the glass life. castle will span. <laughs> this year. I think that that goes beyond just this year and it is important that i read it for the first time this year but i think that that's mm-hmm. going to be bigger i think that i think i'm going to go back to that book and i think i'm going to mark it up like i think i'm going to put post its in yeah. it i definitely want to underline some quotes and some passages cuz there's stuff in there that i want to go back and read and just be like okay yep. it, if i <laughs> if i'm in a bad headspace go back and read that and be like oh this is important mm-hmm. like this is a this is a lesson you know but build your house around my body that that is my favorite for the year what's your favorite
1: for the i year? don't think I think you're gonna be surprised. Oh, go for it! I... So my favorite book of the year is Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Oh, and let me tell you why. Yeah. Even with every major plot point being spoiled, literally yeah. every single major plot point was spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right within two weeks of me reading it. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Yeah. I, I read it, the whole thing too. I devoured it. I cried when I needed to, Mm -hmm. I cheered when I needed to, I felt what I needed to feel when I needed to feel it, Mm -hmm. even knowing it was coming. Yeah. And I think that that says something about the type of book that it is and the type of writing that it is. Absolutely. And so 100% that is my favorite book of the year.
0: Okay. I think that, I think that wins for hours. (laughs) I do. I mean, I've read both. But if I look back on this year in particular, You've, like, I mean that's impactful with, to you. With, with us, that's yeah. very impactful, and I and that's the thing. Like I've never been more sure in my life that I'm going to finish a series either. Yeah, like I, it's not even a question right. that I'm going to finish. Red See, that's my thing.
1: Like I, I usually, yeah, read the first in a series and don't pick up the next book or don't yearn for the next book. Right, and then very next month. Yeah. I put the next book on my my, my TBR. TBR. Yeah. And then the very next month after that, I was like, dang, I really want to read the next book. Right. And I just didn't have it. I mean, I do now. Yeah, right. But I think I mean, that's that, it. That's absolutely. And then I bought the fourth book today.
0: Right. So if, I, if I'm thinking <laughs> about the representation of like us as like a podcast group, I think that's that's us. Yeah. Like that's our book of the year. Yeah. I think, yeah. Some
1: notables I would like to. So, I had a really hard time.
0: Oh, we do an honorable no, mention? We can. Is that what you were doing?
1: I was thinking about it. Because I out, have some a, that I really. Throw okay. out a couple. So, Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow was one of my favorite books of the year. It nope. just. I read it the same time as I read so many other good books. You
0: say you read it. That that it didn't, don't, think, don't start. I don't think anybody That, has didn't, that, that it that, didn't right.
1: make it on the list. The same month I read that, I read On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong. Mm. It didn't make it on the list. Mm -hmm. Because I also read 10,000 Doors of January that same month, and that beat those other two. Yeah. So, in July, I read... No, in August, I read A a, a Small and Angry Planet. The
0: the Long long Way to a Small and and Angry Planet. Becky Chambers.
1: That also almost... That that was my second under Red Rising.
0: Yeah, that book's amazing.
1: Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So I've read I've read so many good books this year that it was really difficult to I wish I would have I wish I would have read those other books. Like in May, maybe, mm-hmm. when we didn't have any books to compete with. Right. But yeah, I wanted to mention that.
0: No, I think it's oh, great. Oh, and then
1: you read this here. I
0: year. I only have two, and this these are before we started our podcast, so I yeah. haven't mentioned them on here. Um, but I would like to I would like to mention two in particular. So, "A Good Neighborhood" by Teresa Ann Fowler. Uh, it's a great like domestic drama um, set in North Carolina. Set North Carolina, set in a suburban neighborhood, uh, kind of a uh, again about class and race uh, mm-hmm. to large degrees in the modern world. Um, a great book. Kind of a hard read, content-wise, but it's a great book. Um, and then the <laughs> second one I would like to mention because I don't think that these get talked about enough, and I think about this often because I have the second one now, is *A Shrine of Murders* by uh, Celia L. Grace and the Paul Doher- Doherty. Do I have
1: both? Got you, so I got you. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> so these are these are like medieval uh, mysteries, basically. Yeah. Um this is set in uh, what well, medieval London. Uh, from what I understand,
1: uh, wasn't it like, um, it, like a Chaucer? Well, yeah.
0: So there's a murderer that is essentially killing people, uh, based on the Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. and there is a woman who is this like brilliant uh, doctor or like chemist, basically, or a, a pharmacist to be kind of the modern way to put it. And she is hired or teams up with this uh, essentially a detective (laughs) uh, in the Middle Ages. I don't know what you call a a detective It's that kind of thing uh, to hunt down this murderer. And uh, it's just a straightforward, good, kind of funny interesting mystery the that,
1: weirdest find i think
0: it's so good yeah. but and
1: they're a little older because like yeah. 1993 right the year <laughs> the i was born one, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: a little older yeah no they're brilliant and i don't i've not seen them anywhere else no. so i i think they're great and i really and from what i understand they're kind of standalone but they have the same characters so it's good to read them in order uh so good yeah. just so good but
1: yeah, I mean, that, that kind of wraps up our, our like, best of, yeah like, like specific best of of the months and year. Um, we do have a few, very few uh, superlatives of yeah. things that we kind of wanted to highlight. We
0: got, like, we usually do superlatives in our end-of-month wrap-ups for each month. Um, we wanted to do just, like, four superlatives for the year, yeah. basically, um, just to kind of throw those out there real quick. Um, and then we're going to transition into setting goals for next yeah. year, um, which we will explain once we get to that as well. Uh, but our first superlative is uh, favorite character of the year. Who do you have?
1: Mine is Pax mm-hmm. in Red Rising. Um, Pax has a really good character arc. Um, he's also just like a teddy bear. Yeah. And it's he's he remains important.
0: Later in the series, later in like it's it's
1: it's a constant importance. Yeah, yeah. I love Pax.
0: He's probably he probably is the best character of that book. Um, Darrow is great, Mustang is great, um, but Pax probably is. Pax is is the
1: heart of that book
0: for sure. Yeah. uh, My favorite character is actually the Murder Bot from All Systems Red, which I mentioned earlier. Um, So this is the the robot that's like kind of bio robot. That is like half half human matter, uh, half mechanical robot AI yeah. technology. Um, funny, weird character, a lot of good action scenes, uh, very graphic, kind of impressive stuff that he does, but again, he's got this weird kind of dry sense of humor about him where he wants to do nothing but sit around and watch soap operas all day, so...
1: Yeah, I, when you were telling me about his character, I really liked that.
0: Yeah. And our uh, next superlative is a uh, favorite cover of the year. My favorite cover is from She is a Haunting. Um, this book a has a cover. great cover. There's just a woman's face with her mouth slightly open, and there's, like, flowers blooming out of her mouth, and it looks like she's crying. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: also, like, really kind of beautifully drawn, so...
1: Yeah. My favorite cover is 10,000 doors of January. There's a like a traditional like lock key situation on the front and then the entire border is these really vibrant beautiful flowers. Yeah that was my I, I think that was my favorite back then too so <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, And then we got our most surprising read of the year. Um, do you want to throw yours out there first on this? Uh, my
1: style. most surprising read is the sentence by Louise Erdrich. I read that for November. That was a book is that am I wrong? No. Oh. You made a face Oh, discussion. sorry. No, no. Um It I read that for November. Um it it was not something that I would have picked up for myself because I am a judge of book by its cover and it was like triangles on a cover, and I, I don't know that I would have picked that up, but I'm I loved that book so much like i i thought about that book after i finished it i bought other books by that author i read another book by that author almost immediately um it i did not know that i was gonna like it that much yeah
0: yeah no i did i guess that one kind of surprised me too because whenever you picked it up i was like oh this will be a good quick read this is something nice but then as much as you kind of went on about it a little bit or went off about it i should say it was like yeah Oh, thought was great. Uh, my most surprising is a weird one. Uh, it was uh, "Thirst for Justice" by David Boyd.
1: That was surprising.
0: Yeah, so it's another one of those that I listened to on audio, um, and it is a it's a legal drama that's all about uh, which I I don't never thought that I'd like legal dramas, uh, but this one is just all about like a guy who commits a uh, act of climate terrorism because he's, like, scared after seeing, like, the water crisis uh, that could, in, like a, in a lot of, like, impoverished areas that could kind of, quote-unquote, easily be fixed, and he sees, like, how much, like, legislation and stuff like that and the, the kind of bureaucracy kind of ruins that. Um, so he takes it into his own hands, commits this act of climate terrorism, uh, and then the story kind of kicks off from there. I didn't think it would be as great as it is, but it was endearing characters. I was hooked into that courtroom drama stuff. I yeah. Was, you
1: looked up other books by him, yeah, and there were none. Yeah, it's inc- <laughs>
0: just really interesting, weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and then most anticipated book, the one that we're looking forward to reading the most. I've got Cinnamon and Gunpowder by Eli Brown. Um, so this is uh, one of the my twelve books of Christmas gifts. Uh, that you gave to me. I think it was the first one, right? It was, it's a, yeah. a pirate so we, book. We
1: talked about it on the
0: yeah. podcast. Yeah, we talked about it on the last one. It's a cook that gets like kidnapped and has to mm-hmm. cook meals to win his freedom back from these pirates.
1: Uh, mine is The Day of Fallen Night by Samantha Shannon. I read Priory of the Orange Tree last year and I pre-ordered both of us a copy that and it came out this year, and I really had every intention of reading it this year. However, it's an 830-page book, or something like that. Smash! Um, yeah, and it's literally heavy. Like it's not, like like the physical weight of it. Yeah, is heavy. Right. So I didn't want to carry it around with me all the time. Yeah. No, it's a difficult so. one. But. but I I am excited about reading it. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. I like the world that it's set in. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah, whatever.
0: (laughs) read 50 pages. I get the idea. No, I... So, I think it's been a pretty good year for reading overall. Yeah. I mean, this is the year that we kicked off the podcast. Um, We had our kind of traditional reading slump at some point. We pride ourselves out of it. I think I might be hitting another one right now, but we're going to see where it goes. Um, But, yeah, we've really enjoyed reading this year. I think we... As you can see from our favorite books and our best books and some of the superlatives, uh, there's been some gems out there mm-hmm. um, that we've stumbled on. Some new stuff and some older stuff. And, and the
1: internet, I feel like, mm-hmm. kind of gets it right.
0: A lot of times, I think so. Um, I mean, they'll get it right for the audience, right? Yeah. It just depends on what you like, I mean, because there's so much stuff out there. and yeah. That's why we try to read so widely, but... Uh, I think it might be a good time to transition into next year. Um, Yes. So we're going to be setting a few goals um, going into next year as well. All right. So to set up our goals for next year, our 2024 reading goals, um, I think that we should kind of lay out the structure and explain just a little bit of what we're going to do before we jump in. Yes. All right. So... We're going to kick it off first with our overall Goodreads reading goal, so Mm -hmm. how many books we want to read next year. You're going to give a page count, I think, because you like to do page counts as well.
1: Yes, I'm very competitive with myself.
0: Right. Um, (laughs) And then, we have decided that we're going to declare a series that we want to read next year. Yep. So, this is an entire series that we're going to finish up before the end of the year. That's part of our goal. Um, And then we have set five must-reads for ourselves. The idea of these must-reads is that these are books that have been on our larger TBR for a while or they've just kind of been hovering out there in the backs of our brains for a while and we just know that we really absolutely need to get to them at some point and we want to just declare that we're going to finish at least five of those types of books next year. So we've set five for ourselves. Um, and then we have declared we're going to declare one classic book that we want to read next year. Um, I kind of want to do this. Well, you can chime in too, but like personally, I want to do this because uh, I feel like I used to read a lot of classics back whenever I was in school, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there's some value in reading classic literature.
1: I have really nice editions that I just really would like to read. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, kind and of where mine comes from, and,
0: and I would like to get back to that because I feel like I, you know, I haven't done that in a while. That's what's
1: gotten us into reading. I feel like, like for sure, classics is where you start. Yeah, what you read now is usually a a branch of or a because of classics.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And then the last thing that is going to be our goals is uh, our 10 assigned readings that we make for each other. So if you listen to the podcast before, we've talked about this. Every year we give each other 10 books that we say, all right, we, I want you to read these 10 by the end of the year, and then we must read those. Um, I did not reach my goal of reading all 10 by the end of this year, unfortunately. I saved all the larger ones for the end of the year. Had a lot I of. I mean,
1: literally between the last four that you have yeah it's like four thousand pages. it's it's
0: a ton of pages and i'm not a very good like long book reader so um but we are still gonna assign each other 10 more and i'm gonna roll over the last three or four that i have to read and then i'm also gonna try to finish these 10 next year as well so that's how we're gonna set up our goals so we're gonna go through this kind of step really quickly we're not gonna
1: go over it but whenever we assigned each other whenever we got each other the the 12 books of Christmas. Yeah. We set a deadline to have those done by the end of March as well. Yeah. So we're not going to go over that list because that's going to be another episode.
0: That's going to be our end of the month wrap up. But it is
1: going to be part of our goals. Yeah.
0: That, that, that will be part of the goal. But yeah, the end of December, the third episode for December is going to be that one. Yeah. Um, and also I should say these 10 assigned readings, we don't know what they are yet. Those Mm -mm. are, we're going to be revealing those to each other. Uh, sort of live, and then giving just a very, very brief reason, like, why. reason why we assigned it. So, yep. all right, uh, what is your Goodreads reading goal for next year?
1: Okay, so my Goodreads reading goal for next year is 130 books. Okay, it was 150 this year. I did 103, so 107 out of 150 is what mm-hmm. I read this year. And then I took that number, and I subtracted it, and then I divided by two, and that's how I got 130, although I'm going to go for 150, but that's just what I'm going to put on Goodreads.
0: I think that's fair.
1: Oh, and then 40,000 pages.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: Because I reached 30,000 pages this year Mm -hmm. in, like, end of October or November or something like that, and then I extended it, and I was short. I extended it to 40,000 pages, and I was short by 3,500 pages.
0: Yep. A lot of math in yours. I did a simple thing. <laughs> uh, my goal for uh, last year, or I should say this year technically, was 100. Um, I'm cutting that down to 75 for next year because I read 50 in, what was it, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, I declared I like 100 for 2023. 2024, I just split the difference and said 75. Right. I
1: think that we got overzealous. Because Absolutely. we read so much poetry and yeah. so much manga um, in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. That we reached our goal, no problem. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, what series do you hope to um, f- so do you plan to finish?
1: I am going to read the Aquatar series. There are five books total. Well, there are four books and a novella, I think. Um, I looked it up. That's all I found. I read the first book already, so I have three more chunky books and a light book in that series. My stretch goal is to go into Throne of Glass which is also by Sarah J. Mass, that has, like, nine books in the series, I think. Okay.
0: I think it's very reasonable. It's a series that you're interested in. Yep. I think it's a very good idea. Um, uh, the series that I set for myself hmm. is The Expanse series by James S.A. Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very ambitious goal because there are nine of these books. And, they're, um, chunky and boys. they're pretty big books. Um, these are deep technical space opera sci-fi type stuff. Uh, think Mass Effect, think um, Star Trek stuff like that. Um, I have been wanting to read these forever, ever since I heard the comparison to Mass Effect, and I heard at least ten separate non-related outlets say that they're basically Mass Effect well, and in like book form. The sh-
1: Show was it a show? I didn't
0: watch the show. Yeah, oh. I didn't watch any of it, but the show did well as well. So, all right, so I'm gonna try to finish that. Um, that's a big one for sure, but that's that's the the goal. Um, I
1: can read the first one with you if you'd like.
0: If you'd like to, yeah, first that's one. right. Yeah. All right, so now the five must reads uh, that we're gonna go through. What are your what are your five must reads? And do you want to give like a little yeah. little bit about why you chose the ones? So that you the chose?
1: Fortunes of Jaded yeah. Women by Carolyn huin Ian? Hulan? I don't know. I'm sorry. You're good. Um, that is a book that I discovered late last year in 2022. Mm -hmm. I discovered that it was coming out. It was going to be, um, I got really into like Asian fiction. Yeah. Um, and I wanted Aaron to get into Asian fiction and he did a lot better job of it this year than I did, weirdly. Um... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's all the Vietnamese horror stories. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're just going to give me those um, and I'm good. But The
1: Fortunes of Jaded Women is just about generations and um, kind of what comes with like being a generational Asian woman. Hmm. And I I was really excited about it and then I finally bought it and I didn't touch it. Hmm. That um, sounds
0: heavy. But...
1: The Color of Magic by Terry Pratchett. I've had this book for a really long time. It's the first book in the Discworld series, mm. um, but it's also like a, a much bigger series because I think all of a lot of a lot of his books take place in the same world. Yeah, I think it's like Otherworld or something like that. Is the is the big thing?
0: It's called Discworld,
1: right? But Discworld, and then there's like a, a, a sub. So Discworld is the big, but then there's a sub.
0: Oh, Cube World.
1: Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Sphere World. <laughs> these are these,
0: these books are funny. <laughs> They're supposed to be very funny. That's the sci-fi. point. That's the, that's and I the, wanted all something a little light,
1: and I, yeah. I just wanted that. Um. Then I also have Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. I really don't know a lot about this, except it's like it did well. Kaiju is like monsters. Yeah. Uh, literally monsters like giant monsters yeah like godzilla. i think, yeah, yeah i think godzilla and then the preservation society so i assume it's almost like an asylum type situation but i really can't remember but i was so excited about it because i was also reading kaiju number eight while this book was getting popular and i was like anything kaiju just give it to me <laughs> um so i'm gonna read that kings of the wild by nicholas eames I think we've talked about this a little bit. We do. It's little a bit. it's a little uh, like older warriors mm. who come together and fight again. I think. Sounds Large right. Musics. Do you remember this one?
0: I v- v- so vaguely yeah. remember. Yeah.
1: That's the one with the dudes on the front, and it has a sequel called Bloody Rose.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, the title left my mind. I absolutely know the one you're talking about. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, they're like a band. They're like a traveling band and like, like, warrior band that just plays music. Yeah. It's like weird, kind of cozy fantasy, but
1: like, but not like, like barely cozy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cozier fantasy. A lot
0: of references to like, Actual like rock music and stuff. Yeah, it's such a weird mashup. Yeah, sorry. Because
1: I I always used, I keep getting it mixed up with Name of the Wind Mm -hmm. because they're so they're very similar like flowing titles, but they're very different. I was going to say it could
0: not be more different from what I understand. And then
1: uh, my last one is Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang, Mm. which is about a woman who takes another woman's work and passes it off as her own. Um, so, Fortunes of Jaded Women, The Color of Magic, Kaiju Preservation Society, Kings of the Wild, and Yellow Face. Yep. I'm excited about all of them. That's a good,
0: you got a good range there. That's I, for sure.
1: Yeah, 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 I do. I do think so, actually. I was okay. like, no, I don't. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, the five that I have the first one is Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Classic sci fi book. I don't know a ton about it, uh, but I do know that. <clears throat> basically any must-read sci-fi list that you find, this book is going to be on it. And it has one of those like super classic, pulpy sci-fi covers, uh, but apparently this this series is just incredible, so I very much look forward to it. Um, I've got The Night Circus by Ar- Aaron Morgenstern. Um, this book has also took off, and it's kind of polarizing. Some people really don't like it, and some people say it's the greatest thing they ever read. Um,
1: What's crazy is it's been out a while and it yeah. has a resurgence right now on TikTok.
0: Yeah. From what I understand, it's like a circus with like a kind of magical elements to it. Uh, people say that it's very much about the atmosphere and not so much about the plot. Vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that sounds really interesting to me. It sounds right up my alley. Um, next one is a uh, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still haven't read To Kill a Mockingbird, and mm-hmm. that's, like, one of the greatest, like...
1: You know what's so funny is oh, it was supposed okay. to be on your ten this year, and you were like, nah, I'm going to read it. So I put something else on your ten, and you didn't read it.
0: It's been a difficult year, I don't know what to tell you. I, no, it, it's one of those that I keep putting off. Like, I know I need to read it. And I, you, know, I know
1: you'll like it.
0: I know it's, like, basically, like, the greatest piece of U.S. literature. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard not to, you know, mm-hmm. so... That's on there. Uh, Next one is A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin. Um, A very classic uh, fantasy series. Um, You bought me this amazing edition of all the Earthsea books uh, in just like one hardcover volume. And I just plan on at least reading the first one because I need to read some Ursula K. Le Guin. Um, Just super foundational fantasy writing. Um, and then the last one is a little bit out of left field. It's my year of rest and relaxation <laughs> by Otessa. Uh, was it Mosh 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 I can't Moshteg. read my own handwriting. <clears throat> but this is one of those weird, uh, very very odd books. Again, very polarizing uh, with reviewers. Yeah. Um, apparently, the idea is that this woman decides. That she just does not want to do anything for a year straight, so she tries to go this into rich woman. Rich woman. Go ahead and yeah, she tries to put herself into more or less a medicated coma for a year straight. Um, from what I understand, it's a lot of commentary on like gender expectations, on a uh, work life balance, um, and also just like this weird surrealist I mean, story. Yeah, like class, yeah, like class status Cause, as well. Because
1: so. as a rich white woman, she can do that,
0: right? Um. So, In our classic. yeah, my classic, uh, so those are the five must-reads that I have. Uh, my classic that I'm going to go with is John Steinbeck's East of Eden. Um, from what I understand, that's sort of his magnum opus. That's the one that everybody says you must read. I've read a couple of Steinbeck books. Um, I He's one of my favorite classic authors ever. Um, And eventually, I would love to read everything that he's written, just because I think he's incredibly foundational. He's very readable, and he writes a lot about class and, like, you know, the kind of myth of the American dream, which is something that I'm absolutely fascinated with, so.
1: My pick is A Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Mm -hmm. Um, Another resurgence this year, I feel like, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, You've read this. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Fantastic. Book.
1: I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't know why or how I've gotten away with not reading it for this long, but it does feel like one of those... It's definitely on every single classics you must read.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Every
1: single one. So, yeah. I feel like I must.
0: Yep. I think it's good. So... Those are the goals that we set for ourselves. Now we have ten books that we have assigned each other, and we're going to reveal those to each other. Do you want to do like one, one for one, yes. like one at a time? That way, it's not one of us talking for like yes. thirty minutes straight or whatever. All right. So um, I'll kick this off and give you the first book that I've assigned for you to read in twenty twenty four. We're kicking things. There might be some noise, by the way. Uh, Lake Life by David James Poissant. Um, I might have some sticky notes in there because I did review this book as well. Um, so this is a book that is set uh, close to my hometown, just like a, an hour away. It's like like fifteen minutes away from Silva, something like that. Oh wow! Um, it's a great contained family drama.
1: This does sound dramatic.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, but it's it's very readable. I think the characters are endlessly interesting. Like i liked every character for different reasons i think that they're just fantastic i don't know where to put it um i mostly gave it to you because i think it's something different from what you've typically read mm-hmm. and also again it's kind of close to where i lived and it gives you a little peek into like things that i've reviewed for the magazine before so that's the first one lake, cool. lake life all right do you give me
1: so the first one is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow Oh, <laughs> by Gabrielle Seven. This the book
0: that no one has ever finished. Um,
1: it's one of my favorite books of 2023. Very impactful and more than just me and YouTube Lexi have read it. Okay. <laughs> and so now you need to read it too.
0: All right.
1: You are convinced that people have said that they've read this book. Yeah. It's this running joke.
0: That no one has finished it.
1: That nobody has finished it. You watched me finish this book.
0: I watched you. I watched you read some pages of I've
1: read some of the pages out loud.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear you read all of them out so loud.
1: So it's a, it's a, it's a video game. It's almost like a video game history. Yeah. Um, it's a video game literary criticism. It's a. Story about friendship. It's a story about identity. Gosh, it sounds so good. So good. <laughs> yeah,
0: we both bought copies of this so on I the don't same have day. One to give that, you? Yeah. Didn't yeah. we get it on the same day? Because yeah. we planned on reading it together, and then we yep. just never. And then did. you just never did. You didn't read it until months later oh, either. So many months. Yeah.
1: Later. I think it was the next year. Yeah. Bought it and we bought it, in, we bought it the, the the month it came out. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So that's. All right. That's I, one of
0: them. All right. I I will. Say that I read it, you better like read like it. everybody else. <laughs> all right, second one that I got for you. These are all over the place. <laughs> the uh, Underground Railroad, oh, the Colson Whitehead book,
1: yeah.
0: Also very readable. Um, I. This is
1: your favorite book by him, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, well, I think it's the only one I've full length book I've read by oh, okay. him. Yeah because he has a he has another one called like the Nickel Boys or mm-hmm. something like that and I, I meant I checked out the audiobook and I never got to it. Um I read this whenever I was in grad school. Um it was a it was huge. The year it came out it won a bunch of awards. Um the concept is uh, the abolitionist movement that has an actual literal railroad that runs underground. And it's sort of semi-magically powered. Mm. Um, And it is, again, a very metaphorical book. Uh, There's a lot of says it's
1: no mere metaphor, literally in this description. Yeah, well, the
0: the railroad itself (laughs) is not a metaphor. Yeah, because whenever we talk about the underground railroad, we're like, oh yeah, you know, the sneaking people out. This is an actual underground railroad. Right. Yeah. So
1: weird. That's cool. Yeah. It's a weird take on it, but that's really cool. I'm excited.
0: Super interesting. Again, because
1: I listened to what's his newest one. It's like black top, razor razor blade. Uh, no, that's not right.
0: Is that his book? I don't
1: know.
0: I don't know. Anyway,
1: I started listening to it and it had to go back to the Libby. So yeah, I, yeah. Just, I couldn't finish it. I got you. Well, I I'm think about I this. think
0: you'll like that again. Not the lightest read in the world, well. but I, I think it's actually a pretty easy read. I think it'll read smooth. But okay, what did you get? What did you get, man?
1: Speaking of not the lightest read, oh boy, I was called If You Tell. By Greg Olson, Nervous. a true story of murder, family secrets, and the unbreakable bond of sisterhood.
0: Oh, um,
1: I read this a few years ago. I did not have a copy of it. I actually read it on ebook, which you know I don't do. So, considering I read it on ebook, right, that means something. So, this is a, a an uncracked <laughs> copy. Oh yeah. Um. So I'll just read the first little bit, because it's kind of, i got (laughs) to (laughs) remember. Okay. Uh, The true story of three young girls caught in the web of a coldly calculating killer, their mother. After more than a decade, when sisters Nikki, Sammy, and Tori Notik hear the word mom, it claws like an eagle's talons, triggering triggering memories that have been their secret since childhood until now. Yikes. And then literally in here it says, their sadistic mother. So I (laughs) have fun, but I really like that (sighs) book.
0: This is also a it's, physically heavy. Well,
1: it's, the pages this are is good. a true
0: story, you yeah, said? Oh, boy.
1: It has good pages. That's yeah. why it's so thick.
0: Yikes. Okay.
1: <laughs> it, I loved that book.
0: Oh, no. It sounds wonderful. It
1: sounds wonderful. Well, wonderful
0: is a weird word for that. <laughs> no, I, that does sound good. You know think, how much I, I like I really think you'll like it. Yeah, I like true crime yeah. story type stuff. It's yeah.
1: definitely, like, Awesome. up there as one of my favorite true crime, All right. true crime stories. All
0: right. Ready for your next one? Uh-huh. All right, I have a Holocaust book for you. Oh
1: no! No. <laughs> oh. Man's Search okay. for Meaning, the Victor
0: Frankel book. I uh, know. I've this I,
1: is a beautiful copy. Like it's like.
0: Yeah, I've so read it. Pristine. I've read it twice, and I keep it in good shape. We've, we talked about this. That physical one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the only like the closest thing to a self help book that I think everyone should read. It's not really a self-help book it's like half memoir half like psychological oh, therapeutic practice wasn't he a yeah
1: psychologist, or isn't
0: he or was i don't know yeah so so victor frankel was a um a, a psychiatrist a uh, psychologist a psychologist mm-hmm. okay i thought he's a psychiatrist so all right so he's a psychologist uh that was in a concentration mm-hmm. camp he lived through the concentration camp huh
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just says clinical psychology, which I think is psychiatry. I believe so. Anyway,
0: (laughs) so so he went through a concentration camp during the Holocaust, obviously. He lived through it, and once he got out, his experiences in the Holocaust really impacted him so heavily, seeing how so many people live through unlivable conditions. So he developed this entire method of treating mental health issues that is still used in a lot of therapy practices today, that book has genuinely helped me through a lot of stuff. Like it reframe, it's one of those few that reframes the way that you kind of look at the world, and I think it's pretty great. But all right,
1: all right,
0: you got the next one for me. This
1: one also frames how you look at the world, oh, but gosh. it's different. It's mental health, but different.
0: Okay, mental health, but different.
1: Thirteen Reasons Why by Jay Asher. Oh. <laughs> Oh,
0: I would... I've, I know. I want to read this. I know. Yeah.
1: So it's a YA about a girl who commits suicide and she lists her reasons why. Yeah, it. yeah, through yeah. uh, through cassette, tape, tapes.
0: cassette tapes. It's I, so good. Yeah, I've been wanting to read this. So th- this is a ridiculously controversial book. Mm-hmm. I mean, not... It's in that
1: band book, right,
0: book. Not just because of that content, but also of like... The implications that, like, maybe she's blaming other people for her suicide, mm-hmm. um, which is a very questionable thing in some sense. Uh, I just
1: noticed oh. that there's a map on the back of the cover.
0: Oh, oh, that's weird. Oh, okay. So, uh, a weird little snippet about me, just for podcast sake. Um, I watched the show, uh, the first like three seasons of the show. And, like, a binge on my birthday three years in a row. I don't know why. It
1: derails very much from the book.
0: So, like, whenever I started watching the first episode, I think it was on my birthday, I believe, and I got so into it that I just watched the whole thing. And I was like, it's my birthday, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I watched every episode that night. The next year, the next season came out right around my birthday, did the exact same thing. And I did that with at least the first two, but I think the first three seasons... I don't know why the show got <laughs> bad after the first season. Yeah, but uh, that's yeah. because
1: they went off script. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, uh, yeah, I've, I've been. I'm wanting... so
1: excited about like it. I've been wanting really read it terrible, so because yeah. like, it's literally a book about yeah. mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is so good, and I read it so fast, and I actually have loaned it out to people. And you yeah. know, I don't do that,
0: right? I think the reason why I'm so excited is because I know it's so controversial. Yeah, because I have friends that really hate that book. Um, because of the fact that... Oh, yeah. One interpretation of it is, again, that she's blaming other people for the, her decision mm-hmm. to do that. And putting that guilt on other people mm-hmm. by leaving the messages for them. Yep. That's not okay. Right. Like, you're
1: listening... So, I mean, the the premise of it is you're listening to these cassette tapes after this girl has died. Yeah. So you're listening to her blaming you.
0: Yeah. As...
1: Yeah. as- which she, is, she, as you already know, she's done. Which
0: in no world is that okay. Right. Like, that's very bad. Um, But again, I think that that's, from what I understand, at least my interpretation of the show, that's kind of part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not supposed to be a good she's person. Not over, yeah, she's not supposed to be, like, no. a good person overall. No. Like, okay. Anyway, very excited about that one. I like, know. I'm really excited. All right, I want to go. Are to, you surprised?
1: Yeah, oh, actually. Cool. I
0: don't know why I didn't think you would do that one at all. All right, here's the next one I got for you. Let me see. Oh, so,
1: oh, I, okay.
0: I, I know we don't want to do poetry too much.
1: I, that's fine. We talked about it, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Okay, about so this.
0: let me tell you, this is my tenth pick. We
1: should probably talk about it. I was gonna. Oh boring. yeah, sorry.
0: It's a um, grocery
1: gr- shopping with my mother. Yes,
0: yeah, so by Kevin Powell. So, um, this is a book of poetry that I read last year, I think, in 2022, yep. and I loved it. Um, I, I was going to do Eddie Huang's Fresh Off the Boat memoir, but I didn't have a copy of it.
1: I have my
0: copy. You have a copy. Yeah. I didn't know you had a copy. <laughs> I thought you checked one out or no, something. No, I bought one. Anyway, I'm going to I st- could do both. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this. I'll probably this. read both. Yeah, I, I wanted to do that because I know we talked about not really wanting to do poetry for our assigned right. ten. I
1: almost did poetry for yours, too. Yeah, but...
0: the, the only reason I cheated a little bit is because I think that this is a very important poetry mm-hmm. book. I think it's really good. There's happy stuff. There's a lot of sad stuff. There's it, it's just very easy to read. And I'm trying to give you some easier stuff that'll broaden things out. And I want to I want to give you variety right. in this ten. So
1: I'm I'm excited. No, thank I'm you. Oh, good, good. All right, another sad book.
0: Oh, how many of those do I have? Are they all sad again? No. I don't I don't think you gave me one happy book in my ten this year, did you?
1: Yes. What? I don't know.
0: Yeah. It was all serial killers and
1: uh, What did I have you I did not have you read anything happy? I don't
0: think there's anything happy at all. Priory might be the closest the story thing. Discovery of
1: Witches is the closest. Thing. Okay,
0: Discovery might be the closest. It's
1: thing. the least sad.
0: Right, but it's just so long. I
1: cried during Priory.
0: Okay. Alright, all right. Give me the next one. So
1: the next book is uh, so our fourth book you is tab
0: that one up. I see the tabs.
1: Well, you'll see why. Okay, it's on this? Earth we're briefly gorgeous. But oh, of
0: course, shouldn't have bought this for you. I
1: think my tabs are like every time I cried. Yeah, oof, <laughs> oof, oof. Well, I have a key of what my tabs yeah. are. Yeah, and I want you to specifically read my copy. Okay. So,
0: okay, I can do. Do that. I have
1: a key? Yes, I do. Yeah, you do. Apparently, all of that is just three different colors. Made
0: me pause. What was no, that monarchs?
1: I know there's more colors than that.
0: Mood changes. Okay. Anyway, so th- w- you've talked about this on the podcast yeah. a little bit. Um,
1: I cried when I was talking about it too. So,
0: it's a very heavy book about absolutely. You generational should probably not read. Stuff.
1: You should probably not read tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and On Earth Briefly Gorgeous right after each other because remember I did that. Yeah. It was bad.
0: Sounds like you can't read any of these right after each other.
1: Well, no, like you could read. Mm. Right. Yeah. No, don't do that.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Read right. one a month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me get your next one if I can reach. Ew. sorry, they're all.
1: What number are you on? Five. Uh, I don't
0: know. Five. <laughs> I don't know if you've read this. I think I have. You, but I you can't kept remember saying it. you thought you had. So this is of Mice and Man, the Steinbeck book. Yeah. I've been yelling about Lenny, Steinbeck. I yeah. have.
1: I have read this, but it's also been like fifteen years, okay, yeah. so I don't remember. I've probably read this literally. like
0: ten times. It's this one of my. Be so it's one of my most read books. It's such a weird, read this in high school, classic kind of thing. But I think reading it as an adult, I got so much more out of it now that I know more about, like, class and the American dream. Mm -hmm. And even though that's the way they try to teach it in schools, I mean, you're You're, a... When you're you're a
1: teenager, you don't understand... class distinction. Yeah,
0: you don't understand like, I mean you do to an extent yeah. depending on your living situation, but you never, you're not holding down a job at 12 years old, like most right. of us aren't at least, right. you know, but.
1: I'm excited too. I so, am I'm, I'm going to be really excited about these because like yeah. I can fulfill some goals mm-hmm. pretty, that's 101 pages.
0: Yeah, that's a super, that again I it, every so long, no joke every few years, I just pick that one up and I just read it. I'm just like, yep I like this a lot. I'm just going to... I think
1: this it. is a curveball pick. Okay. This one is good. Like It's not sad.
0: Okay. All right. Oh, okay. All right.
1: Yeah. It's... All
0: right. Let me see it. You build it's this up. It's Dark
1: Lover by J.R. Ward. This is... It is book one of the Black Dagger Brotherhood series. This
0: is the biggest curveball ever.
1: <laughs> if oh, okay. you liked the Riley Jensen... Hold
0: on. There's a little poll quote here. Deliciously edgy, erotic, and thrilling. <laughs> all right. Go ahead now. Because you like Continue. the Riley Jensen stuff, yeah. you'll like this. Okay. Uh,
1: but there's a lot of books of these.
0: Every pull quote has the word erotic
1: in <laughs> it. It's a spicy book. A little bit. It's not all spice. It's not all spice? It's definitely a paranormal. Is like
0: It's not all spice? It's like
1: Riley Jensen. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> no, I, I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. I, I like. to
1: give you something different. Yeah, I like
0: oddly like that Riley Jensen book so much. I, think I you'll really yeah, I will really like those. I, was, I couldn't put that other one down. I was mm-hmm. like, this is good. This is interesting. And I actually had good characters, mm-hmm. like weird world building that but worked. I told you and... about
1: this one a little bit. Um, like King of the Vampires and uh, there's a thing called Lesser's, And mm-hmm. those are like like soulless creatures or right. soulless people. Yeah, it's very interesting.
0: Well, we got to keep it moving. That cover's making me sweat
1: a little bit. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, this is a family podcast. Is I it? No, <laughs> I don't think T- you're-
0: Take I- good care I- of this oh, one. I have face. this one autographed.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, it's so heavy. Yeah.
0: So uh, I have told you about this. This is uh, "Let Me Clear My Throat" by Elena Passarello. I talked to her. Went to her reading she talked to my class and everything so it's a book of personal essays and all of these are experiences that she has had and all of them have to do with like voice or sound or something like that so she has an essay on the golden record that we launched in the space you know the one i'm talking about oh there's Maybe. This, there's this record that has like what they consider to be like a sample of like humanity in audio oh, form. Yes. And it's launched is that in space. space yeah, in case essay. aliens get it or whatever. Like they would have a record player. It's a dumb idea, but it's like symbolic. <laughs> there's an essay on that. There's one where she goes to like a Stella shouting contest in Louisiana. Um, That's what
1: this picture is. Yeah, like. yeah. I see.
0: And there's like I have never read personal essays better than this. Like I think that wow. she does it the best that I've ever seen it done. Because the personal essay genre versus the standard essay genre. A personal essay is where you do research and you take an outside topic and then you connect it to a personal experience in your life. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone do that better than her.
1: Yeah, I I think this sounds good.
0: Yeah, and I think it's good for you because you started getting into essays a little bit this year. I think those are very enjoyable. I
1: think that you wanted to assign me this this year. Yeah. But I wasn't quite into SA. I absolutely did.
0: Because I love that book. I think about it often and it's also just the best cover. It's pretty good. It's so stark. Even though it's like her shirts weirdly see through as well. But like it's like a stark black cover with her in the Stella Shout contest. Which if you don't know what Stella Shout is, streetcar yeah, yeah, streetcar named Desire, whenever the guy's like ripping his like uh, like Shirtle Tank Top and, and he's yeah. like yelling her name yeah so anyway alright so I'm nervous again
1: it's so good oh and good and you liked Joy Luck Club
0: I loved it this is another one of her books no oh okay The Divine oh!
1: Secrets of the Yah Sisterhood by Rebecca Wells
0: isn't this the I, Jewish I, Joy Luck Club I have
1: it <laughs> no I have it as the Joy Luck Club Southern
0: Southern I yes. thought this was Jewish no I
1: don't think so Maybe I don't. I don't know. I
0: think she's Jewish.
1: I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. It's um, it's about, it's about not really understanding what your family is or who your family is, and it's a bit of found family also. Um, it's also like generational trauma stuff. Mm. It's, it's so good, and it it really does remind me of the Joy Luck Club. And if you liked that, there mm-hmm. are two other books that are loosely connected.
0: I got it. I did get this mixed up with something else. Okay. Yeah, that's not the Jewish one. Southern this is a, so. it says it's in the bayou, so.
1: Yeah, Southern. It's yeah. the Joy Luck Club, but not Asian and right. Southern. I love that cover too, <laughs> by the
0: way. That's a really nice cover. Yeah. I'm excited.
1: Cool. Right. I don't want you to look in my bag. I'm not looking. <laughs> All right.
0: You ready? Yeah. Nice okay, this one This may be the pick that you might have never expected me to oh, give you. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, okay. Oh, you
0: almost said, oh no. I
1: heard you almost no, say, oh no. no. You're, you're like, oh,
0: no, okay.
1: No, I think I've read, I think I've only read part of this. Yeah. So, it's like excerpts in like textbooks.
0: Uh, so this is Siddhartha by Herman Hess.
1: Translated by Hilda Rossner.
0: Yeah. So two things that I want to say about this book. First, I understand that bro-y, like, business dudes have, like, adopted this book (laughs) as, like, a thing-to-live-by sort of situation. Uh, I think that's insane. I think that they're interpreting it incredibly incorrectly, and I think they're applying it in a terrible way. So that's the kind of qualifier here. Uh, A lot of weird tech bro, crypto bro people have just, like, taken this and ran with it. Kind of like they have, like, the teachings of Marcus Aurelius or something with, like, Stoicism. Right. Uh, Second thing I want to say is, I think I read this in middle school.
1: Oh, What?
0: Yeah. And then I read it again once I was in, like, college. When you were a big boy. Yeah. (laughs) And it was amazing. It's great. It is this... It's a spiritual, transcendental experience reading this. It's, like, all about, like... Learning about the kind of semi history of Buddhism mm-hmm. uh, through Siddhartha Gautama, Gu- um, the you know, mm-hmm. Buddha, basically. Um, it's like him creating this this uh, life philosophy, this spiritual practice, basically. Cool. Um, I, it's great. It, yeah. After it's the one book that made me stop and literally try to listen to the wind. That sounds weird. No, but I like, get it. But it, it was genuinely after I read it, I was like. There are noises that we tune out, yeah, and we don't listen for them. And then I just stopped and heard like wind in the trees, and I'm like, "This is weird." How also, you... another
1: book that's like yeah. 120 120. I'm
0: telling you, I gave you such short stuff, except one. You
1: made it a little easy.
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to, I wanted to make it a little easy so that you could get stuff you want to read. But also, again, if we're going with books that I love, they're gonna be short. <laughs> All right, what do you got for me? Okay. I'm nervous. I
1: don't think you're gonna be surprised.
0: You're doing this in a very like game showy way. Let me get the book. No
1: gods, no monsters. Yeah. <laughs> not
0: surprised. This is heavy it's too. So heavy. Well like it's it's like, like physically, yeah, heavy.
1: physically heavy. Yeah, physically
0: heavy. It's not even that that long, Those but pages like
1: pages are just
0: Yeah. It's printed it's like,
1: on like cardstock. Right.
0: Well, we just we just talked I'm about not this gonna. one. Um but I just
1: I don't I even put like I remember how excited I was. Mm-hmm. Um it's, I want you to be excited.
0: And we should say this was long listed for the PEN America Literary Award, which is like a pretty prestigious award.
1: I read a lot of literary fiction this year. Yeah. And then I just now assigned it to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to read this. Right... Three,
1: three of those books. Yeah. So No Gods, No Monsters, On Earth Are Briefly Gorgeous, and Tomorrow Times Three are all literary fiction.
0: Yeah. Well, as soon as you put No Gods, No Monsters down, as soon as you finish reading it, I wanted to read it.
1: So, mm-hmm. And you, you even knew, like, probably right then and there that it was going to be on your list to read. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, cool. All right.
0: All right, what's the next one that I got? I don't know. I, was I got off track. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So I
0: got Mama Day by Gloria Naylor.
1: You just got that copy too, didn't you?
0: No, no, no. Uh, I got the uh, sequel. One. That's right. I got the, or maybe prequel, I can't remember. So this is a, a, a book that is, was taught in my African literature, or African-American literature course. Uh, it is a kind of magical realism book that is slightly literary. Um, I think this might actually be the densest read of them. I don't know. Um,
1: you gave me a thuru which I felt like
0: yeah, yeah
1: was more complicated.
0: I don't know. No. Once oh, you get no. into it, I don't know because <laughs> it's a it's a lot about the family and yeah. like and there's also like this kind of mystical element that comes up. I I, I love this book. Uh, one of the greatest tragedies is I think the third book that was going to finish it was supposed to come out and she actually passed away yeah. before it came out. If I'm not mistaken, I hope I'm not getting her mixed up with someone else from that class, but um. Yeah, fantastic book. Uh, I still there's a scene in this that involves a chicken that I think about a lot. Don't worry, the chicken doesn't die, okay. but I think about it a lot. Um, and it's just like this moment of just like pure trust and just like totally trusting. I'm excited about
1: this one because yeah. you were exci- like you were really excited about this yeah. one whenever we were talking about it, and then when you found the second one, you were stoked.
0: Every time I see that on my shelf at work, I'm like, God, I could just, I just want to read that, like pull okay. it down and read it, but I'm always reading something else. So, yeah. I think you'll love it. Like I actually do once you get through it. What is this? Oh. It's Fourth Wing <laughs> by Rebecca Yaros. Not a surprise at all. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that one was coming. I mean, you already told me that uh-huh. one was coming. Yeah. So. No shock.
1: I'm not... I, it's, it's pretty suffocating. I feel
0: like I have to read it anyway. Like, yeah. the stuff that you get really excited about in right. finish, I feel the need to read right. it. So. All right. I mean,
1: I, I gave them to you to read, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: Literally, the, the five that I read this year, like, I showed the biggest range of emotions. Right. <gasps> Ooh, I'm so excited. I knew this the, was going to be yeah, on the list. yeah.
0: That's the only reason why... Okay, why I haven't given you your January book yet. It's the only reason this wasn't the January book, right? Was because uh, I was going to put it on your ten. So this is all systems read yeah, by Martha Wales. I'm so excited. We just talked about this one.
1: You know what's funny is yeah. I I thought maybe this might have been the January book.
0: It was going to be, but then as I was making the ten, I was yeah. like, no. I'm, just I'm gonna so do excited. This. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, You'll is, love it. Oh yeah. I think I read it in one sitting, you maybe did? maybe two sittings at most. Yep. Uh, fantastic books I'm again. About this. Super short. Great stuff. I, I wish they made. More paperbacks, so they were cheaper and easier to get to. But.
1: No, I lo- I would still probably buy the hardback. Yeah, I guess. They're well, really I, nice. I
0: keep getting them as Christmas presents, they And they're, they're, like,
1: they're narrow. Yeah, yeah. They're not like a regular width of a book. True. I like that. I do, too. Because it fits in your hand better. All right. So, I don't have my copy, but it's A Deadly Education by Naomi Novick. It's the first book in the School of Mance series. Mm-hmm. I do plan on finishing the School of Mance series, but it's also come up. That's not it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I. I just saw that's that last graduate. Which is oh, book two. okay. I saw that yep. spine on your shelf, and I was like, "That's definitely from that series." Yeah. So, go so ahead, go
1: ahead. I really enjoyed it. I gave it a four at the end because mm-hmm. it was a little bit difficult to get into because they just throw you in. But now, as I'm thinking about it more, I kind of like that they did that mm. because by the end, you're more excited about it. So it's it's The Deadly Education by Naomi Novik.
0: Keep forgetting we're recording a podcast while we're doing this. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, I think are we down to the last one?
1: I have one more after this. So yeah, mm-hmm. you went first. Mm-hmm. Alright. There you go. I knew it. Oh my god, so, it's so heavy. This
0: is Stephen King's Under the Dome. It's the longest book I I've knew, ever read in my I life. I knew
1: this is going to be...
0: Absolute longest book I've ever read. Look at these thumb marks here. Look at that.
1: This is a long, yeah, boy. It's and 1,072 pages. You
0: want to know something crazy? I read this thing in like three weeks or something.
1: That's pretty good for you.
0: It, that's insane for me. Yeah. And I read it in high school. This is
1: I knew. So you told me that you had a thick book for me. Yeah. And I narrowed it down to Stephen King. And then I literally narrowed it down to this book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm it's the, well because it's the, really it's the only long Stephen King book that I think I've like finished. You like, well, read it, I
1: thought.
0: I think I did. I keep and second you read guessing the stand myself. Maybe I, well, I did. I know I, I I do remember reading the stand. Now, yeah, I was on the fence about that, one, but I think you'll like that better than this. Well, I don't know about that, but okay. What's my last
1: one? All right, so I read this in college. Oh. In a.
0: I give you a book I read in high school, you give me one you read in college. Yeah. It works.
1: I read it in college in a world lit class, oh. I think.
0: Well, this is my study area. What is this?
1: It is First They Killed My Father by Long Ung. Oh. It's about the Mekong, um, oh. or about about Cambodia. Yep. And the Pol Pot regime. Yep. It's so sad, but it's very good. But it is sad. Yeah. I'll go ahead and let you know. I've I mean heard, it's I've literally from me.
0: Yeah. It's and literally also, I think,
1: titled First They Killed My Father.
0: Yeah. I think I've heard about it outside of you too. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's it's so good and I remember it being super impactful. Um, if I have two other books by her. I've only read one other one. I didn't know there was a third. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's it's good, but it's it's a lot.
0: We lent, we ended on a tense one, that's yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. yeah, we
1: started on a tense one. Well, oh, kind of? Yeah. The second one was a tense one. Yeah. Okay. I gave you a lot of see when I and it's very obvious like kind of what we like too uh-huh. because when I give you something, I experience extreme emotions either way. Right. And that's what makes it for me.
0: Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's that's reasonable. I need to talk this way now. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, Got zoned out there for a minute. I forgot we were recording we a were podcast because we're just handing books back and forth. So that is our 10 assigned books for the year. So the goal is... We're gonna read the classic. We're gonna read the series. We're gonna read the five must reads, the ten assigned reads, and then by the end of March, we'll have our like eleven books uh, Mm -hmm. from the twelve Christmas gifts read as well. So
1: that is what, like, thirty, roughly thirty books.
0: Yeah, something like that. That's
1: already assigned.
0: Yep. Um, So, what I hope, and this is that, so that we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up in a second. Uh, But what I hope with this is, um, one thing, I I love doing end-of-the-year wrap-ups. I love award shows and stuff like that. Um, So hopefully, if you heard some of our favorites, you'll take some of those recommendations And what I would really hope is that if you're hearing any of these that we're declaring we're going to read, that maybe if you're interested in some of them, you'll pick them up and read along with us and hear our thoughts on it and see if, you know, we kind of line up in our interests throughout Mm -hmm. the year. Um, That's why I think it's important for us to set our goals. It holds us accountable, but it also gives the audience a little something. And we
1: also have like some podcast goals, too. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to prep a little bit more. Yeah. And cat. Since we've already done one year's worth of categories for each month, mm-hmm. they might not necessarily align with like what the typical theme for that month is because yeah. we've already done it.
0: Stuff's going to shift up a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to tighten things up a little bit going into next year. Um, we've got some ideas of some new stuff that we might start adding. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, we're kind of new to this. And uh, we really appreciate everyone that has listened this long. Yeah, this is um, our
1: longest one of the... The whole year. (laughs) Yeah, which I
0: assumed it would be. And again, hopefully um, you'll pick up some of the books that we've recommended and some of the goals that we've set for our books going into next year. Um, And if you have any recommendations for us, because obviously we'll be filling in some more gaps as well and reading more stuff outside of just the stuff we talked about today. Um, If you have any recommendations for us, uh, if there's anything that is really impactful for you and you think that we might like it, uh, you can always drop us an email at talkbookie at com, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And um, then we're on Instagram at talkbookie. Um, I post as often as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have it's a, not super consistent.
0: Right. Oh, well, that's fine. And we have our Goodreads. Um, so yours is...
1: Backslash Fee Marie. It's yeah. dot goodreads.com backslash Fee Marie.
0: And mine is backslash A.T. Cole 1400. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find us there again. We're going to be declaring our new goals for next year and everything. Once that opens up on Goodreads and start tracking that stuff once again. Um, and we will have one final monthly wrap up episode that will be coming out at the end of December. Um, that one will be quite a bit shorter than this one. So don't worry. Um, that is where we're going to walk through the 12 Christmas gifts that we gave each other. Um, and then we're also going to talk about books that we purchased recently and gotten for Christmas and, uh, so we got a decent amount of books to kind of briefly walk through, also get you caught up on our reading for the month, and then uh, you know uh, let you know what we're going to be going into in January.
1: So, yep. I think that's it. Yeah, that so sounds great. Like us or follow us wherever you can. Yeah, we're not, Sp- just not in person, <laughs> right? Um- <laughs> we're on that.
0: we're on Spotify, Amazon. Uh,
1: ITunes, apple uh, the apple
0: podcast thing uh or straight through the Podbeam website yeah. whatever works best for you um and again can't say it enough we really appreciate everyone that's listened and spent your time uh kind of hanging out with us and taking our recommendations and putting up with our ramblings and stuff um i know this has been super fun for us yeah and,
1: uh, I, this is probably my one of my favorite episodes we've done yeah just because i love wrap-up stuff
0: I do too. Award shows are 100% my thing. And I love
1: goals because I'm very competitive with myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. (laughs) All (laughs) All right, right. but that's it. Okay,
0: thank you everyone for listening. And again, uh, we hope to to give you some good recommendations in the future. Check in with us at the end of December. And uh,
1: yeah. That's it. Okay, bye.
0: Bye.